You are listening to the Savage Fincast, episode 98, Strong to the Finish. Chicago. A criminal mastermind called Overlord held our city in his terrifying grip. Ordinary cops were losing the battle against Overlord's super freaks and mutants. Then, a miracle happened. When I found him, he had no memory of his past. I helped him find an identity and a life. Now we have a fighting chance. Now we have the dragon. This is the Savage Fincast, the audio show coming you coming to you in crisp 4K HDR. <laughs> My name is Jim Purcell. I'm Craig Olson. I'm Raven Perez. And we are here for a, another episode of the Savage Fincast, where we, of course, will be looking at the latest issue of the greatest comic book on Earth, Savage Dragon. Nice. Latest issues. Yes. Yeah, we got a sweet sort of double header thing going on, right? Double page, well, if we, you may. <laughs> <laughs> we did we did talk to Eric about two fifty one, but we didn't go in as much detail as we typically do. So we'd like to touch base a little bit on that and then get into the amazing two fifty two. It's going to be a beautiful, good time, guys. It's going to be a fantastic time. There's no news to speak of, but. I think we have something even cooler. I think we have letters from Finheads. <laughs> or as we, we like, like to call them, F-mails. <laughs> F-bombs. No, no, nobody calls them F-mails. So, yeah, uh, thank you so much, uh, listeners, for uh, sending us a bounty. And I think uh, our main man, Jim's going to take it away. All right, we got one coming in here. Uh, says, hey guys, I'm a huge Savage Dragon. I assume he meant a Savage Dragon <laughs> fan. I uh, have been collecting issues for years, but I'm at a point where the physical comics are just starting to take up too much space. For years, I've never been interested in anything but the physical comics, but now I've decided I want to digital. I want to go digital. I know Jim has said he only reads comics digitally. Not entirely true. Uh, so I was wondering if you guys could maybe give me some info on where to go from here. What is the best way to get the current issues of Savage Dragon digitally? I have both an iPad and an Android-based tablet. In your opinion, is there one that is better than the other for digital comics? Any info you can give me would be great. Love the podcast. Please keep up the good work. John T. So, John... Jim, this is all you, baby. Well, John, you've already won half the battle because you got an iPad. Uh... Uh, I don't know anything about Android uh, devices. I've never used them, and the ones I have touched, I hate. Uh, but <laughs> I use my iPad for pretty much everything, and reading comics especially. Um, Savage Dragon specifically is really easy. You just go to Comixology, and you buy them. Um, Comixology, of course, is the Amazon-owned com- digital comic platform. Um, there's two ways you can, you can read Savage Dragon digitally uh, on Comixology. 
Uh, when you buy the comic, you, of course, can use Comixology's uh, reader app and just read the comic through that. And it's perfectly fine. Looks great. No issues. Um, you can also, because Savage Dragon is an image comic, you are also allowed to download a standalone backup copy in choice of PDF or what is known as a CBZ, which is just a fancy z- name for a zip file with a bunch of JPEGs in it. Uh, I personally do that, and then I use a, a, a third-party program uh, called Chunky. It's a digital comic reader for iPad, and it is my preferred way to read comics when I have the choice. Um, but yeah, I've been reading digital digitally since 2012 at this point, and I it just the convenience factor outweighs pretty much every negative people come at me with. Good luck the switching only, over. The only thing I would add to that, because, um, again, I don't do it, but just to throw in some things, I was listening to see if you'd mention them, and you didn't, so just throwing this in. Um, if you go to image.com or imagecomics.com and you go to the Savage Dragon section or whatever, they actually, for each issue, have like a little drop-down menu where you can see all the places where they sell it. So they got Comixology, Kindle, Google Play, Apple iBooks, whatever. Um, so you got options there. And then the last thing I'll throw at you is the few digital comics I do read. Um, I don't even have a really killer setup or anything like that. I've just got a desktop plugged into a 1080p TV with an HDMI cable. And they uh, look good to me. Like, I don't know any better. So, any digital if, comics... If your TV is big enough. Like, okay, so I have a 23 or 24-inch 1080p computer monitor that I would never read comics on because it looks so bad. Because it's just... it's Basically, the screen is, is smaller than a comic book. And so it just doesn't look great. But I also just recently bought a 43-inch 4K television that I use for a computer monitor... And putting comics up on that looks great because it's massive. In mine's low quality, like 1080p. Yeah, but it, I do have a 50 incher. But so. I, th- I think in the case here, the actual physical size of the TV is what, what really matters. Because you right. got to get those sharpness wo- not important. You got to get those words big enough to read at a comfortable yep. distance. Yep, I can read my shit from the couch, so it's fine. Because uh, on smaller screens, the words just get too small. And with comic books, at least in my opinion, the worst thing you can do is read them panel by panel. Or z- or need to zoom in on word balloons just to read them. As I, I feel hate that guided it, view shit. It destroys the, 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 the entire purpose of comics where you see the whole page, but then let your eyes move through it. Yeah, it's the layout. Like yeah. and and that's the thing is you know Dragon is a book made for print, so you know Eric is thinking of things in terms of double page spreads and shit like that. Yeah. So yeah, I'll agree with that. You really don't want any kind of guided view thing. You really want to just see the page all at once, like you would if it was in print. I I will say reading things one page at a time without seeing the buttered up pages, so every page is the left page, is a pretty good experience though. I mean, it's not. Yeah, you get it's surprised. Not, it's not <laughs> intended, but uh, because of course Eric is planning for double pages or two pages butting up against each other. Rather, 
Um, but I, I, I think that it's okay to read it one page at a time. You don't have to read two pages next to each other. Uh, usually the double page spreads will just, um, you know, be their own page. So you'll see those when they come up. So it's not like you have to worry about that. Although on an iPad, you will need to tilt, turn your iPad to landscape mode to uh, bathe in its double page glory. <laughs> Which some people find irritating, but I've never found a problem with. I, I Flipping from uh, from portrait to landscape, just page after page, is just second nature to me now. Yeah, I'm sure once you get used to it, it ain't a big deal at all. Yeah. Like all the people things complain about, like, oh, it doesn't smell like uh, mildew and toner. It, it, it. <laughs> I like my comics to have heft. Fucker, my iPad weighs like five ounces. Whatever, Johnny Mnemonic. Don't shit on print. You don't have to because you like your thing. All right. Uh, Moving sweet right. Smell up. of mildew. Yeah. Thank you, toner. John. That's all the sm- that's all the what book smell is. It's just mildew. It's paper. But it dog. brings back all my childhood memories. It's not mildew. It's paper. No one likes the smell no, of mildew. It's mildew. They like the smell of paper. The, oh the smell, the, the quote unquote library smell, is mildew. No wonder That's what you it is. No wonder you don't like it, because you don't know the difference between paper smell and mildew. Okay, it, it, like I said, <laughs> it's either mildew, which is old paper, or it's fucking bleach, because they bleach all the paper. <laughs> oh my god. I've never smelled bleach on paper. Me so. either, dude. You don't know what paper smells like. It smells like mildew and toner. So the smell of old paper is always mildew? Is that what you're saying? It's not. That's my understanding, yes, is that when you smell the book smoke, when you're in a book, in like an old bookstore or a library, and that you smell that book smell, it's mildew. Do you think librarians could stand to be around mildew all the time? It's a different smell. It's not dangerous mildew. It's just, it's the chemical. I'm saying it wouldn't. I've never heard anyone say, I love mildew. Everyone loves books. No one loves mildew. Well, that's because you said it wrong. That's why they say, I love the smell of books. Because they don't All want right. to say, I love the smell A common smell of old books, says the International League of Antiquarian Booksellers, is a hint of vanilla, linen, L-I-G-N-I-N, which is present in all wood-based paper, is closely related to vanillin. As it breaks down, the lignin grants old books that faint vanilla scent. And it's not it's never mildew. it's never smelled like vanilla to me, and I I love <laughs> vanilla. Oh my goodness! The, the Smithsonian says it's a mix of old grass and vanilla. <laughs> there you go. It's not mildew. No one likes mildew, dude. Mildew people have allergies to mildew. If it was mildew, certain people could never go to a library. It sounds like it's because it's the breakdown of that lignin that gives it the smell more than mildew. I think, I'm sure there are libraries that have mildew, and, I was, and old books do get mildew. But Yeah, I was going to say, I've been in some fucking rancid bookstores, that's for sure. But old book smell is paper. It's just old paper. It's not Well, mildew. there's mustiness. Oh, actually, actually, the Smithsonian says a combination of grassy notes with a tang of acids and a hint of vanilla over an underlining mustiness. Musty. <laughs> so, musty. We're all right here, huh? Oh, Musty geez. is equal to mildew. I wasn't prepared to feel things for this Vincast, but I feel certain ways. But <laughs> uh, well, good luck on your digital endeavors, John. Yeah. All right. Let's move on from this mustiness. Take us out of here. In here. <laughs> let's get musky. 
We got an, another. Uh, our next letter comes. Uh, we got a couple of letters. Uh, one because Russ uh, sent his first one in a little late and missed our deadline for our last fincast. But uh, Russ Burling game, who uh, we know as a friend of the show, he works for ComicBook.com. He does those great interviews with Eric Larson after each new issue is out. Kind of it's a nice little cliff notes or. Uh, kind of a little more insight into each issue, and I enjoy reading those. Um, so thanks, Russ, for that. But uh, he writes in, uh, and this is in response to one of our uh, interesting conversations. Hi, guys. Uh, been a while, and I'm sorry for that, but I had to chime in for 250. I want to see more chaos and control. It's a weird but cool visual, and I feel like these guys who have been around for 25 years... Oh. I'm sorry, it says, and I feel like these are guys who have been around for 25 years, and it's been a minute since we spent any amount of time with them. What the hell is driving a 50-something symbiotic creeper villain? I'd also love to see Fountainhead and Ugly Johnny, both whom had memorable fights right around the dragon in prison era of the book. Ugly Johnny lost an ear in the prison fight, and now Paul Dragon is back around and looking spry as hell. Lastly, let's see the bronze man. You can't bring Paul into the book and not deal with that guy. Yes. Let's let's uh, address this one, and I'll go into Russ's next letter. Sure. But uh, you guys remember Ugly Johnny from like the Mako prison fight issues? That guy was kind of cool looking. What's funny is I don't refresh my memory. He he kind of looks like an, an Ugly's unlimited guy, but he kind of had a, a cool role. It was like those guys are just like messing with Dragon uh-huh. in prison. And then uh, you guys know who Fountainhead is. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. laser face. Uh, yeah, <laughs> lasers. Infinite lasers right out of that big thing. And the Bronze Man, he's never he's never been in the new Savage Dragon book. He's a, he's a graphic fantasy version of kind of Overlord. Yeah, was, yeah, well, that's the thing, though. He's a, I would call him an echo of Overlord or vice versa. Yeah. So Love in a way it, we've dude. seen him, but in a way we haven't. Right. He looks totally different. He looks a lot different. He looks a lot but, more like yeah. Doctor Doom, right? Or no, does yeah, he look like more Iron different Man than too. that? He's like an Iron Man kind of Iron looking Man. dude. Yeah. So, we'll see. I think we talked to Eric a little bit about it, and he kind of left it open-ended. Like, we don't know if the Bronze Man was in Dimension X as well. It's just cool because basically Paul opens up the window for all kinds of shit. And we're going to, you know what, we're not going to go into it too much here because, Lord, we're going to be talking about that a lot. But basically, yeah, Bronze Man, very cool. Paul opens up those possibilities. Uh, And this kind of ties in with it. So maybe we don't have much to say about the second letter from Russ. But he said, the second letter says, hey, boys, my reaction when I saw Paul pop up in the book. Well, the first thing I thought was literally, so that's why Eric name-dropped him in the merging of multiple Earths. Next, <laughs> I thought, I wonder if this means the Bronze Man is coming. Stay green, y'all. Russ Burlingame. Love it. Love the enthusiasm. Another Bronze Man enthusiast. I, too, cannot wait to see the Bronze Man. What do you, real quick, give me your odds what do you guys think are the odds we'll see Bronze Man? And what's your time spread? Like a year? Two years? Zero. Zero percent likelihood. Zero percent chant likelihood. Okay, justify it. Why? Well, like I said, 
Bronze Man is basically Overlord, and I think that story is finally done. Okay. I honestly don't think he'd bring Overlord back um, in any form. If you brought him back in the form of the Bronze Man, I feel that would just be one time too many. Huh. Kind of like how uh, Dragon's story is done. Huh? Huh? Yeah, yeah dra- dra- Dragon's different. Paul, Paul <laughs> uh-huh. is a different kettle is of he? fish. He's an echo, dude. <laughs> you can't call Bronze Man an echo of Overlord and not say Paul's an echo of Dragon. Well, that's, Come what, on. that's what I'm saying. No I, way. In my mind, the way I justify this, which isn't probably Eric's way of justifying it, keep in mind, is that the Paul universe mm. is the quote-unquote original universe. The one we've been in for the last 28 years is the Echo universe. Things are similar, okay. but it's mostly different. Bronze sure. Man, Overlord is the Bronze Man role. Overlord's dead. He, his armor's come back a couple times. I don't think we need the armor back, and I honestly don't think Eric wants to repeat himself in that regard. I don't think we're going to see too much from the Paul Dragon's Earth except for Paul. That's my guess. Craig... What's your odds and what's your time frame? Uh, 50-50 within a year. You stole my odds and my time frame, dude. Dead on. So this is is where I'm going with this. Okay. This has been Eric's baby. He's drawn so many of these older guys and issues that were never published for the public in his Mm -hmm. own stories. I feel like he might have an itch to see realize some of these characters in his his current comic, you know, in, in the one that's for the public. Love the way um, you're thinking, dude. I don't think, even though he is kind of, we don't know for sure, to be honest. It's all guesswork. How close fun. he is to, to Overlord. But even if he is, the visual's not anywhere the same. And Eric could change anything he wants at this point because there's only been really an issue or maybe two issues of bronze men's ever appeared in and really wasn't fleshed out that much. So he can go anywhere with it yeah. and make, you know, and make it a different character. But I think, I think Eric likes to see some of his old characters visualized. I mean, look at all the, if you look at all those characters in, in graphic fantasy, or Megaton, they've all pretty much appeared in one way or another. There's sure. a few that still haven't. Um, Blackbeak. And, and Jim, you are right in a way. Maybe Over- Overlord is his bronze man, and, and that's how he appeared. Um, but I don't know. I, I get, Like I said, I give it a 50-50. I think Eric still probably would have an itch to, to play with that character. I think it would give Paul kind of his cast in, in this comic, too. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. And, and it's another kind of mainstream villain that he doesn't have to like create from scratch that would kind of please the fan base as well. I got to agree with everything you said. I don't really have too much to add other than it would be kind of cool to see just like Bronze Man, uh, you know, fucking good Mako. Like, you just, you never know. I'm going to say, you don't know what the fuck could show up. And, like, now that Dimension X has been established that, like, there's the Paul universe out there. Hell yeah, dude. It could even be a Bronze Man from another dimension. You don't fucking know. So, yeah, very much. I give it those 50-50 one-year time frame. If he doesn't do it in a year, I doubt he's doing it. Also, here's my other question. You know, we know that, like, 
Paul is a different version of this dragon, and you know Jennifer and Sue are different versions of character. Who is is Overlord the different version of Bronze Man for this reality, or is it a different character that's you know Paul is going to try to track down and find and stop him before he becomes like Ooh, the Bronze Man or I something like that, that effect. dude. Yeah, because think, if the guy, if Antonio Segetti, you're just assuming that Antonio Segetti was like uh, fucking, you know, our bronze man. But what if the bronze man's out there and like getting all the memories merged together, like just gave him the idea. Right. He's like, shit, dude, go. I could fucking be like a boss of this fucking earth. Oh, dude, that's there a go. good one. Somebody in this universe that that really... You know, the the version wasn't a bad guy at all and then merged his ideas. I didn't even think about that. That's on you, Raven. You thought of that. I thought that was you. I if thought that's if what their you ideas saying. merged or, or their memories merged, and then it activated him. That's cool. That's cool, man. If that happens, <laughs> we'll be millionaires. <laughs> no, that's cool. Uh, awesome. Thank you, Russ, for throwing us some juicy nuggets there. Um, yeah, uh, we got one. I'll take the next two because they're super quick. I uh, got one says, writes Dakota. I thought it was a fun way to bring back Savage Dragon without bringing back the one from the ongoing. Hopefully this will help segue into the whole Angel's mom's hand coming out of the grave thing from way back. Dakota Darf Fitzgerald. Um, yeah, man, it's so funny, like Nostradamus, because we uh, saw the 255 cover enter the grave, and that is definitely Dimension X up in the sky, right? You would think so. I don't know, though. I mean, I look mean, who at knows of the covers. Yeah, the covers, but... it could be a lie, but I'm just saying, man, that looks like Dimension X up there to me, dude. It does. That was the first thing that came to my mind. So... I gotta say, it it would be crazy, and it, it's funny because it really fits Dragon's character to just be obsessed and hunting for his Jennifer equivalent. Like, my God, dude, Old Man Dragon—that was like a big part of his life was just trying to hunt down Jennifer. Like, yeah. you know, so it totally makes sense that Paul would be like, "What's what's his? Is it Sue?" Yep, Sue Wilson. Sue, oh, we're gonna find Sue. Oh, so. But here's the thing, though. Think about the crazy implication of him escaping Dimension X just by a fluke and then, like, going back in there. Just seems like, holy shit, dude. Wouldn't you be scared to go back in there, you know? I don't know. Dragon's not scared of nothing. (laughs) I like it. Thank you for writing in, Dakota. Appreciate it. Um, I think we got a lovely, sort of a rare treat a rare treat for this next letter. We got a uh, Titan Concise Sotiris Gravis uh, yes. comment. Yeah, really. My boy. Slim and trim, dude. All killer, no filler. Usually verbose and vexing. Now, Titan Concise Sotiris says, Hey guys, another winner. Glad you mm-hmm. liked my brief letter, by the way. In honor of episode 95, I decided to listen to this podcast in its entirety while wearing a very snug N95 COVID mask. Natalie Portman was great in V for Vendetta. But if you want to really see some crazy duplicate action, be sure to check her out in the ending of Annihilation. Spoilers! If you like naked aliens, like Dragon in a Burning Field, 
You'll love this movie's crazy ending. Crazy as fuck. Satira's <laughs> Gravis. I don't even know how to react to that. I just want to see that movie now, don't you? I saw it. I can't remember the ending that much. I, I it was really weird. What movie? I got it. It's suggested Annihilation. Just... Oh, it's a great movie. Well, I don't remember the ending as much. I just remember kind of like that weird little blast cave spoilers. Thing she goes into. Yeah, here's the thing. Yeah. Well, the question is, is that he's saying sort of there's going to be like some naked Natalie Portman. All you got to do is say yes or no. No, she's not naked in that. Is she, Jim? I don't think no, so. No, not really. No. Well, then I'm disappointed, Satiris. I think the alien figure that's yeah, in that. The, yeah, the the alien is. figure is kind of a... But it's like a it's like a it's like a suggestion of a person. It's not really a naked figure. Oh, in a burning field. Mm. Hold on, let me reread this. Uh, it was great and be for dead. But if you want to see some really crazy duplicate he action, he wasn't even paying. Be attention. sure to check her out in the any. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So what 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 he's saying is the uh, duplicate action is that there's this whole scene where Natalie Portman and like a doppelganger are like having this weird. She makes a movement, the the thing makes a movement. Yes, and then, I remember. And then the that, thing yeah. makes a movement and like she'll make a movement and it's like a really weird like dance between these two uh similar like d- d- duplicates. I remember okay. that now. Yeah. I think I saw that scene even though I didn't see this movie. Is she like naked pretty much in that scene sequence? I maybe the duplicate The duplicate is, is but there's no like I only I saw it like a year ago, but I don't remember like nudity, nudity. There's no like Janie. Uh, Must not have been action. good. Must not have been good. I I I'm without even just going off what you guys said. Not crazy AF. Not crazy. <laughs> not crazy as fuck. Not so. Well, thank you, Satiris. Like I said, do love to hear from you. Always regular contributor to the FinCast. We appreciate you listening. To the entirety of the podcast, good lord, man, that's almost a hundred issues. I mean, episodes at like what several hours apiece. I guess they're taking that quarantine pretty serious over there. I think he meant entirety of the episode. No buddy. way, dude! I thought he meant all of like Savage no, Fincast. The episode. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow. Um, edit that out, Jim. Next. Uh, next, we, we got an email for, uh, coming in saying, Hey guys, you should throw a, listen, a listener of interesting convo for the variant cover ranking comments. The Liefeld... Co- oh, okay, you should throw throw listener... F- Sorry. He's saying have the listeners get in on the, uh, oh, com- on yeah, the variant okay. rank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Makes, okay. As, and then he uh, goes on with his rankings, or at least his uh, opinions. The Liefeld cover looks like Youngblood Shaft in Greenface. <laughs> Lol. Terrible. Raven. There you go. Why the hate for the Young cover? I'm not a Scott Young fan, but I like it. It's a parody cover with Dragon as Homer Simpson. Lol. 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 Mm. <laughs> the, the Otley cover is uninteresting. Big hand. And I agree with Jim that the Simps, uh, the Simonson cover is fantastic. Cho we all said that. Like, like, what, like Jim, yes. yeah. yeah exactly. just, it was only my opinion. Tony. They all said I'm feeling micro-aggressed. Go suck I'm a dick. micro-aggressed, dude. Uh, Cho- what, I wasn't even mentioned this whole time. <laughs> Chop liver over here. <laughs> uh, Cho one is great, but I can't tell if it's original Dragon or Malcolm. Good point. That one uh, mm-hmm. is unclear. 
Uh, Raven, no backup? What the fuck? I wanted more angel titties. Lol. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta talk to the man in charge. (laughs) Oh, snap. I just saw the Adam Warren, Savage Dragon, and Alex pinup in SD250. Man, how sick would an Adam Warren variant cover have been? Big fan of... Very. Yeah, very. Big fan of Empowered, and out of curiosity, do any of of the FinCash crew read it? Yes. Yes, I do. I do. Yeah. Uh, man, I'm thinking issue 300 should have at least 10 variants. Adam Warren, Ad- Art Adams, Howard Porter, Mark Bagley, Brian Hitch would be my top choices. Heck, even John McCray. Who the heck is John McCray? You know him from Hitman. Oh, Hitman. Okay. The DC Hitman. Know? Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've never read it, but yes, now I know what you're talking about. I like Adam Warren. And this Art is uh, this is by by this is letters by Tony M. Thank you, Tony, for writing in, uh, fellas. Do you have ideas on those variants? You don't have to do ten, obviously, Ooh. but I don't know. We gotta get Dave Johnson back. Oh yeah, second that dude. Um, Dave Johnson does go- does good covers. He'd do a very good Savage Dragon cover, I think. I would love if he'd do an angel with those really thick cankles like he does. Just like, <laughs> and I'm not joking, dude. Like, I mean, that's why I'm laughing. <laughs> Does it look cool? All right, keep going. Mike Alred cover for me. That, oh, that shit, would be yeah, good. Yeah. Absolutely. I would like a cover by Daniel Warren Johnson. Nice. Okay. Yes. Fuck yeah, dude. That's a uh, murder Falcon. Yes. Murder for those Falcon who may guy, not yes. be initiated. He does great stuff. Fuck yeah, dude. His, his shit's incredible. Um, I'm going to say, give me a uh, Corey Walker. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I agree with the Art Adams. I'd like to see a front cover with like some cool scene, not just pinup. Totally agree. Art never does pinups. Art always does cool scenes to me or just crazy like art, million art does, guys. Art does weird like out of continuity scenes. But they're good. Like, remember the Invincible one with the Grim Reaper? Yeah. Yeah. So good, dude. I'm not... I also like his covers where it's like like a million Avengers. Yes. Like all the guys are just on the cover. And he kind of did that with the back cover of Savage Dragon where he, it was out, both out of continuity with different versions of Dragon, but then also like a million different Dragon guys. Yeah. Which is kind of neat. I don't know. No, I totally agree, dude. What do you guys think about guys. Brian Hitch? Uh, Brian Hitch is fine. Okay. I mean, I'm not a big Brian Hitch fan, or at least I wasn't until like two years ago when I read his Hawkman run, and it was very good. Mm-hmm. I think his art's improved a lot lately. Or yeah. more or more to the point, it's become, I don't know, more efficient. He's not as like detail-obsessed like he used to be. It just looks better yeah. as a comic. I hated I hated how the Ultimates looked. It looked so static, dead. It was very referenced. It was very referenced. But it, he's a lot. He's a lot more. His cartooning's a lot better now. He probably I think uh, is just less referenced. To be honest, a fan favorite or just in general a favorite. He's not my personal favorite, but a lot of people love him. Is Frank Quietly? Oh goddamn! Yes, dude would be interesting to see his take. And I know Eric likes his shit too. Unique. Yeah. Absolutely. What about your boy David Cho? Nah, I'm not. He doesn't do enough comics, really. 
Mm-hmm. He did a few in the beginning, and that was it. Wait, who's David Cho? He's more famous for his like pop art and shit. Graffiti. He was, like the guy that that made millions on painting Facebook's headquarters in exchange for um, what you call it? Uh, stock. Stock. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's a good lo- That's good enough because we got kind of a sort of similar line of conversation coming up. In fact, so that is actually a really cool seg- uh, segue. Um, before we do that. Jim, you want to tell them where they can write us letters? You can always send us emails to savagefincast at gmail.com or leave us uh, comments on our website, savagefincast.com. You can find us on Facebook at the Eric Larson Savage Dragon uh, fan group. We usually post uh, the new uh, fincast there where you can leave a comment. Basically, you have no excuse. You can get us comments anyway. We'd love to hear from you, and as you heard, we'll read your letter on the FinCast, give you funny voices, reply with uh, feigned outrage and indignance. It's a pretty good experience, I'd say. Um, but, you know, we got another thing for you to interact with uh, with us, too. We got a little segment that we like to call the Finteresting Conversations. And I think we got a doozy for you this time, dear listeners. I think we got something really interesting for you. What we do is we're going to talk about this interesting conversation first, and then we're going to throw it back to you, and we would love to hear from you. And this can be your letter as well. If you're writing in, you know, feel free to use this as your letter. Tell us your thoughts and choices on this interesting conversation subject that we're about to discuss. Um, but for now... It's going to be me, Jim, and Craig doing our thing on this interesting conversation topic. Savage Dragon 252, which we will be discussing shortly, features one of Eric's many famous Savage Dragon uh, experiments. He loves to throw himself challenges, curveballs. It's a delight for us, the readers. We never know what the fuck we're going to get. And uh, it's got to be something that keeps the book fresh for him after 28 years. In 252... It's an homage, a tribute to the Sunday funnies. Uh, of course, you know, by the time you listen to this, you're going to have it in your hot little hands and you'll see it was cool. He emulates a lot of different, you know, very famous Sunday funny strip artists. So we actually asked him in our interview what the next challenge was or if he'd even started thinking of one or, you know, maybe he was just too tired and wanted to just chill out for a while. Actually went ahead and beat us to the punch and put this out on Twitter. And so you guys got the spoiler for Merrick himself on his next big experiment. And that's what we're going to be talking about. He said the next logical conclusion would be to tackle the styles of various comic book artists. Because he had to tackle styles of all these strip artists. And I think he knocked it out of the fucking park. So it's really exciting to hear him say that that's the next experiment in his head. And so, I've talked way too much. I'm going to throw it to Jim or Craig, whoever wants to jump up and grab this ball. Give me just a couple, whatever you're feeling, artists that you would love to see Eric integrate into that next challenge. You go, Jim. All right. Well, I have two right off the top of my head. One, I think, is possible. The other is a huge outlier. Mm-hmm. All right. So, the first one, my the one I really want, is I really want... Osamu Tezuka. Nice. Creator of Astro Boy. 
That mm-hmm. is a good pick. Japanese Jack Kirby. Pretty much, yes. He's like the god he's of like a, comics. If Jack Kirby, Stan Lee, and uh, um, Will Eisner were one person, that is yeah, Suzuka. It is truly Im- Oh, and important. Walt Disney. He's in there, too. Yeah, you you literally cannot understate. That, that is, honest to God, sounds like an exaggeration. You cannot overstate this man's impact on comics because, I mean, just comics in general. Because, like, yeah, manga industry, whatever. But, I mean, hey, manga influenced America, too. This is a man that did it all. Like, it's insane. Basically, there was nothing he didn't do. They've got statues of him. He's a national treasure. He was recognized in his lifetime as a national treasure. It's, whoa, it's fucking insane. Yeah, so that's my dream one. We'll see if that pans out. Um, <laughs> my other one, my more outlier one, is more of a personal preference thing, but he's a bit more obscure, so I doubt I doubt Eric has a strong opinion about them as an artist one way or another. And that is uh, Carlos uh, Esquera. Who okay. is? Who, I'm not familiar. Yeah, it, here's the thing: is he's a he's a long time 2000 AD British European artist. I was uh, gonna say Dread, right? Best known for Judge Dread. North Americans would know his work through primarily the book Just a Pilgrim by Garth Ennis from the early 2000s. Oh yeah, for sure. He did a number of other war comics with Ennis as well. But he's not a huge name in North America. But his style, in my opinion, is one of the best ever. He comes from, like, a war comic background. So all of his art is, like, super, like, dirty and gritty. And he does, like, all these really cool, like, science fiction sort of things. He's done Western... Well, he well unfortunately, he passed uh, two years ago. He, um... Uh, but he's a legendary artist. I would put him in. The, I would put him in the same category. Maybe not as Kirby, but at least as uh, the same category as Larson. Uh, in terms of like influence and importance, uh, in terms of, of connections to like important characters in comics. Yeah, he's synonymous with Dread, right? Like he's yeah. one of the definitive Dread guys. Well, he's a co-creator. Oh, there you go. He's, okay. co- he's co-creator. Although he didn't draw his first appearances, uh, he wouldn't do that until later. But okay. he but he primarily did a lot of western sort of comics, war comics. He he has a lot of range as a sci-fi war western artist. And uh-huh. I just think Larson trying to do this sort of style and there and and there are certain like signifiers of what a a a, a, a square uh look is. It it wouldn't it's it's hard to replicate, but if you do, it's easy to tell who you're replicating. Which I think is important when you're trying to like, uh, to like, uh, uh, homage another artist. Sure, yeah. Like, like, Esquara has this thing where your foreground character generally has these, uh, okay, you know how Kirby, what Kirby dots are? Kirby Crackle, yeah. Well, he doesn't do Kirby Crackle. What he does is on all of like his foreground characters, or at least the, the focus character, there are like these black dots on the outline of the characters hmm. that makes okay. like they almost kind of look like half a zipper. Okay, I get, you, I'm got it in my head. You might have to look, Google up some of his art just to look at it, but it is uh-huh. the, it's very iconic to the artist. Okay, um, and I think if you did that, it would be really obvious who you're homaging. So I think it would okay. be really just really cool. Cool, but I I don't think Eric's going to do him. 
Oh, that, but listen. That's my pie-in-the-sky dream. Listen, these are your pie-in-your-sky dream picks. Like, whether or not Eric is going to do it or not, that is not the interesting conversation. The interesting conversation is what would you like to see? So don't worry about the reality. Just throw it out there, dude. Give us the third quick one off the top of your head. Oh, geez, that's really tough because... Ooh, got one. I want Lay him. Ups. I want him to try, try to do an Alex Ross page. Whoa! Paint that page. Goddamn! No, do really? do that's it up cruel. Alex Ross style. That's mean. That is mean because that's not just drawing. That's gouache. That's a hard art medium to be masterful with. Wow, you're cruel, but okay, it's your dream. I'm not going to shit on your dream. I would listen. <laughs> If we get that issue and we flip a page and Eric has painted what can be a convincing Alex Ross-esque page, I'm telling you right now, Jim, I'll get a fucking tattoo of whatever you want. (laughs) (laughs) It's crazy, dude, because that's a lot of work. That's so fucking... You're talking about mastering a medium. (laughs) That's hard, dude. Wow. No, that's good. Right on. Um, Craig, you got yours? How many are we doing? You do however you want. Two or, or twelve. twelve. Yeah. Who puts a number? I'm do six. Who wants to put a number on something gonna, so cool? I'm going to go quick. I'm going to go quick. Sure, sure. All right, so thinking through this, I figure if Eric's going to do this, I thought more of instead of what I want, which is, is a combination of what I want plus what would be – able for eric to do that people would get right away okay right. certain artists that you see oh, and you're like I'll go the easy right, route i, I could rattle is. off some names but let's see you do it <laughs> <laughs> well I, I mean these are also ones i want to see and yeah. so i took off ones that he's done already right. okay so no kirby uh, he, he did no kirby no he Sam did Keith. he did hellboy kind of in, no, right. in manola's yeah, I, kind of style um so i'm gonna go with first harvey kurtzman mm-hmm. oh who I love his style and his old war comics and the thick ink lines and all that. And I think when you see his stuff, you know it's him. Yeah, dude. Um, nice. I really enjoy his his old stuff. Like his frontline comic, uh, frontline combat books are just mind blowing. I, I just love it. So I would love to see that. Very nice. Um, I would love to see him take on Jamie Hernandez, like Love Whoa. and Rockets type that, that style would be a thing. Choice, which, yeah, it's another you good see one. Th- you see that, and you know automatically what he's going for. Huge you know? boobs, like, There's dude. nobody else. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could make a great, like, story with, like, the family. You know what I mean? In that style. <laughs> Not even, like, a, a fighting, you know. It really, obviously, he's known for romance. So. It really would fit very well with the kind of, like, slice of life stuff Eric's been doing. Yeah. I would love to see a Bruce Tim style, just so we could nice. see what a... Bruce Tim animated Savage Dragon would look like, even though we've seen a pinup by Bruce Tim, but it would be cool to see some action. Yeah. And that would kind of scratch the Kirby itch in a way. Yeah. Um, I know he's kind of played around with Frank Miller stuff, but I would, I think it would be kind of killer to see like a five page Frank Miller esque kind of style. Now, there's two Millers now. Are you talking about modern Miller, who's just fucking wacky? Or are you talking about uh, classic Miller? I would be fine with either. Okay. I mean, maybe like Dark Knight Returns style. Okay. But, or I, I'm not talking about like Sin City, black and white. I'm talking about Frank Miller, like straight superhero comics. Okay. 
Um, and then the last two, I would be happy with either like Steve Ditko or what would be really silly is if he tried to do John Byrne, seeing the history between <laughs> the two guys. That'd be awesome, actually. <laughs> that would actually be awesome. Very cool. What about you, Very Raven? Um, I'll keep mine super short because they're also both incredibly unlikely. So uh, whatever. But, you know, fuck it. Uh, I would love to see him. Uh, I'm going to be broad because I don't know. Just whatever. I don't give a fuck. No, I'm not going to be broad. You know what? I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to be specific. It just popped into my head. All right, dogs. You want to talk about iconic artist visuals? Um, you know, you say manga Savage Dragon, everybody goes big eyes and little noses. Nah, dude. That's not what I want to see. What I want to see is... Oh, Fist of the gonna, Star. Yes, dude! Yes, Craig! Yes! I want to see that goddamn... I think it's Tetsuo Hara, but let me get it here real quick. Fist of the North... Dude, the artist of Fist of the North Star uh, is legendary... Tetsuo Hara, yeah, dude! The brain came through! Okay, so Tetsuo Hara's art style, if you want to Google it, it's just Fist of the North Star. If you Google it, you'll see. But, like, dude, it's an iconic visual that Eric could do because it's big, muscly, like, fucking bodies. It's actually American-style influenced. There's, like, lots of black. Oh, it's very it's very Road Warrior-inspired. Yes, Yes, dude. It's Bruce Lee as Road Warrior, right. basically. And uh, with hyper-violence. It's perfect. So it'd be a great fit for Savage Dragon. But also, too, like the way he proportions bodies, like just it's distinctly, it's a thing. So it's a look that Eric, if he did it, like people that saw it would be like, yes! Alright, so that's number one, Tetsuo Hara. And then uh, number two, uh, gosh, you guys stole a lot of the really good ones. See, I was going to say Frank Quietly, but since you took Frank Quietly, ooh, who is left with so much style? Um, oh, uh, I know he's a Scott Pilgrim fan. It's not a big thing for me, but I'd like to see him try. I'd like to see him do a Brian Lee O'Malley Scott Pilgrim stuff. Not the early sloppy shit, but the late shit like book six where it was a lot tighter. I, w- mm-hmm. I would love to see him just do uh, his take because I think he'd have a lot of fun with it. And I think that their book is taking place in Canada, so it's kind of a logical thing, you know? And so I think he'd have fun. I think a lot of readers would react really positive to it. So I think that would be a home run. So those are my two picks, uh, Tetsuo Hara or Brian Lee O'Malley. Yep, fuck yeah. I'm surprised you guys didn't go with like some more like classical names, because um, Craig, you said Steve uh, Dicko, of course, and that's a good choice, because yeah. that would be cool. But I was thinking more along the lines of like uh, Herb Trimpe, of course, and uh, John Remote or uh, John uh, Ramita. I was gonna say Ramita. I thought John Ramita, but I, I always feel like either John Ramita or John, you know, Busima, kind of middle of the well, road well, Kirby influence. John Busima was my other one because you know Eric's a big fan of the of the original Nova series, right? Yeah. Well, I think those would probably be Eric's picks, but for me, I just feel like they're a little derivative. They're they're great artists, but I feel like they're very heavily influenced by Kirby too. And like maybe like a Gil Kane. Yeah, I, he he was on my list. Neil I Adams. Just, I, I'm eh, not the biggest Neil Adams. I'm not fan, a Neil Adams. Guy. Yeah, I'm not either. Fascinating. Maybe Joe Kubert. I mean, if I'm pulling out like two names. Oh, uh, Joe Kubert, that would be cool. Yeah, because it's so distinct. 
I'm gonna say uh, like, oh, geez, I had him like here for like just a second, it, like immediately left my mind as soon as he said Joe Kubert, dude. Got my mind wiped. Context? Anything like? Um, it was gonna be. It was gonna be uh, an art style, like a, one of those guys with just a distinct art style, uh, to where like you would know instantly who he was doing. Um, geez, an older artist. Well, who was I thinking? It's gone now, dude. Don't worry about okay. it. I'll remember. I'll remember. But basically, yeah. Um, anybody who has like that iconic visual hook, it would be cool to see him like spoof all the image, of all the other guys. Yeah, yeah. Do a do a Sylvestri, Ali. Uh, I think he said he was all set with that. Yeah, I don't think that's a good yeah. idea. Yeah, it'd still be cool though. You know, it's just my list. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, I feel like those guys have been spoofed too, like so much yeah. that it wouldn't be as fun as seeing some others. You're right; those are lame picks, honestly. Um, I don't know. Yeah, classic artists that have unique styles that aren't too Kirby. Hmm. I don't know. It's hard, dude. We'll let our we'll let our uh, we'll let our um, audience. Leave some for the listeners. Yeah, listeners. Yeah, yeah. Do our homework for us. <laughs> so where can they write in with their uh, excellent choices? Well, the same place I said earlier, savagefincast at gmail.com. Or <laughs> actually, for the interesting conversations, you should use savagefincast at gmail.com. Yeah, don't don't put it in the comments. Send us an email. Yeah. Do the work. Make- Make our life easy. Just send an email. That way, it's all and make the subject interesting conversation. That helps. So yeah, but man, I can't wait to hear what the readers come up with. Um, I think there's artists that we didn't list that as soon as we hear from the readers, we're gonna be like, oh shit, dude, of course. You know, Jim Balant. We all want to see that Jim Balant Eric Larson page. You know. There's so many artists out there, yeah. honestly. There's so many we're not thinking of right now. And it could be Alive or Dead. It could be Euro. It could be, like, uh, Japanese. Like, it could be, because it's your pick. So, hell yeah, dude. Like, the sky's the limit. Like, go crazy. Thank you, Jim All and right. Craig, man. That was, whoo, that was a good one. So we I think got, it's time. yeah, say it, Raven. Say the words. I, I think it's time for some meat and potatoes, right? <laughs> I'm hungry. Potatoes. I think we got a double scoop sample, a double a double serving of meat well, and potatoes. Well, we previously talked a bit about Savage Dragon 251, but we thought maybe we'd go just a tiny bit more in depth on it. And, of course, talk about the backup, which, of course, we never talked about last time. Right. So we should do that. Whoops, wrong. Madly but... disrespectful, considering this is a good backup. Yeah. Well, we're, we're in an Eric interview. Now we're in a an issue review. Right. So... So, just just talk about something um, that we didn't really talk about last time. Sure. How cool is Brainwave, and how much does it suck that he's dead now? I know, dude. My heart is broken. It was a very cool sequence, but I would have loved for him to stay around a little longer. Fuck it, Malcolm. <laughs> Your fucking track record continues. <laughs> Malcolm the Murderer. Oh, not. I'm dude. sorry. You mean mind yeah, warp? Yeah, mind warp. Brain. I always mix them up. <laughs> There's like too many brain guys. No, but, dude. But this, you can never have that. Well, this is one of those guys who's kind of always been in the background, who you always see, but he never does much. So he shows yeah. up here, and of course, he's like dragon, well, pa- dragon, but also apparently Paul, 
is immune right. to mind control, which is one of his powers. But he's, if you're not controlling your mind, if he's actually like telekinetically controlling your body, you're fucked, man. Yeah. So we finally get a mind control guy who's effective. And uh, then he gets squished because apparently he can only target one person at a time. Help me out, my dudes. Mind warp. Was he like, uh, I'm just like, as soon as I saw him, I was like, well, they clearly got history. Was he a Paul Dragon guy? Was he a classic dragon no, villain? He's a classic Vicious Circle I, member. This feels like when, 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 um, when Paul says, you can come out, mind warp, I know it's you. That feels like he's drawn from Dragon's memories. Sure. Although there could have been there could have been a mind warp in the other universe that we never met. Sure, yeah. So it just got a reinforced his memory because there was two of them. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. So I mean, because it's funny because this guy is just not vi- his visual kind of seems familiar. Like I remember the way the skull is just like two little lobes poking. Am out I of a crazy skull. though? Did we not do a retro review where mind warp controlled barbaric? Yeah, we did. Probably he was in. F- Issue five, issue six. Yeah, remember he's we t- we talked in. about it in the retro how one, uh, I think it was Barbaric started punching himself, but it was kind of awkward. Right. right. Or, or was yeah. it Dragon? Someone was punching themselves. I think it was Dragon. But was know. that Mind Warp? I can't remember now. It was either Mind Warp or Braino or oh, it might have been Braino. Guys, but 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 um, Mind Warp, like I said, he's been in like a ton of issues. He was in five and six. He was in like the whole gang war thing. He's, you know, just a list. I'm looking at the wiki right now. 5, 6, 24, 25, 26, 39, 40, 50, 64, 66, 67, Shit. 95, 100, 135, and now 251. He's also been in the Deadly Duo. So he's um, a heavy hitter. He's been around, but he just doesn't do much. He's always like one of the background guys. What a bummer, dude. He, cer- he certainly showed. He was ready to rise to the big time here. <laughs> yeah, he was part of the Annihilators, so we saw him here, there. Let's see. When they split off from the Vicious Circle. Yeah, well, I'm very sad he died. Very, <laughs> um, It was a cool visual, but also very sad he died. <laughs> There's not many brain guys left. Braino's dead. He's dead. Brainy Ape's Wait, dead, right? what killed Braino? Uh, dragon threw uh, the fucking rod through the brain. Oh yeah. yeah, smashed right through in the big newspaper. That was yeah, the Wegmans, yeah. right? Wag, you just call oh, it Wegmans? Oh, was that like was the that? like the supermarket? Yeah, but was he, it he, Wegmans? He means that he means the big the big uh, McSweeney's. McSweeney's. <laughs> that's quite a that's quite a different name. I, I knew exactly what you were talking about, and you weren't far off. Why did, when he was shopping at the Wegmans. Why did Wegmans you know? come in there? I don't know. <laughs> I, I guess I didn't remember that, that, that Brino died in that. Yeah, it was this tragic yeah. moment. He was uh, kind of having a moment with his lady friend and uh, got the old rod to the head. Damn. Yeah, he got greased. So in that way, uh, Malcolm and Paul, not that different. I mean, Malcolm and Dragon, not that different. Also, Dragon and Paul, not that different. Immediately going for a role with Alex. What the? Aren't you here looking for your wife, douchebag? I mean, you know, she'll take what she can get. He'll take what he can get. I, I mean, you know. I do think it's. I just like after they're in bed, he's like full full disclosure. We've never met before. Yeah, dude, wasn't kind of shitty to like like clearly they've already boned. 
And he's just like, oh, P.S. <laughs> We're strangers. <laughs> she says, you're still here. That's a good sign. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Um, Paul is kind of a jerk, and Dragon was kind of a jerk, too. You know? Dragon's an asshole. Well, the He's always person. been an asshole. Yeah. This, it's like his dude, most defining it, feature. Is this not an asshole way to be? Like, he didn't have to say that. I mean, he well, has all of Dragon's memory, so he knows who she is. He just, right. He just doesn't have the emotional connection that Dragon would have had. Yeah, still, though, dude. That, that's sort of how I see this, is that he has the memories... But he doesn't have the emotional connection that yeah. Dragon would have because, you know, because he didn't live the memories. He's got the well, body kind of, it, Eric kind of gets into that with the dialogue. He's like, most of the memories just become background noise. Right. Right. So it sticks with you, but it's not like the stuff you actually live through. I'd imagine that it's a lot like when you watch a movie, you know, like you experience the things in that movie. But, like, they're not, like, as vivid as your actual memories. You know what I mean? Right. Right. I, I think it's funny throughout this issue. It's very reminiscent of how he drew Paul Dragon in Graphic Fantasy and Megaton, where I feel like he still doesn't have a handle on how the Finn's supposed to be, even though you think after all these years. Yeah, if you look, if like, you look at the post-coital page with Alex... <laughs> You mm-hmm. see the front in the, in the first panel. You see the front on fin. It looks right. fine. It looks like it looks like the turd, the ridge, <laughs> the ridge. Yeah. yeah. But then if you look in panel three, now it looks like it's a tiny flip. Yeah. Yeah, and that's like that through the whole comic. And I'm like, why? Why does, keep... does it keep doing that? You're exactly right. I mean, is he doing it on purpose because it was always inconsistent? But surely it's yeah. not that hard to draw a tube from the side on. I don't know. And it's funny because like, it's kind of weird because it looks like in some things, it looks like a little fin and then other things, it looks like it comes down. You know what I mean? Yeah. Specifically, check out the, check out the way it looks in the, can I come in? Like, uh, it's the second page, like second page, third panel where he said, Paul saying, can I come in? Yeah. It just doesn't look like it comes down to a little point when clearly the panel above the big up close shot. Yeah. Just looks like a mini fin. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. You're right. Cause okay. So the second panel on the pa- on the same page is a really big close up of his face. And yes, right. you see it as like a tiny, like flat, flat fin. fin. And then in the right. second panel, it's a big, you know, turd. Well, it's and a, then it's it, the same thing. on. And then the fourth pan and the uh, fifth panel it's a flip over again. Yeah. Well, look, it's the same thing with like the third page where he, him, you know, his hand is like sticking out. It's it looks like a flat fin yeah. the way the front yeah, is now it, versus the way Yeah, now it's got like if a If you look at it head on, yeah, the fin head on, the fin looks like it's like a what do you call those? Like the Eddie Munster type like yeah. uh Widow's Peak pointed downward. In my it, Yeah, wh- in my mind his fin should look like the uh, the droopy turd. Yeah, it should look like the the panel where he's in bed with Alex. Yeah, like that's, with his eyes closed. That yeah. is the fin as I imagined on Paul. But you're right; it's inconsistent all over the place, and I have to wonder if it's intentional. It drives me effing crazy to tell you the truth, <laughs> because you know Eric is like he knows his stuff and stuff. Like, it just seems weird. Like the like, only explanation I can think of is that he's doing it on purpose. And I don't understand. And if why. you go back to the Alex scene in panel five, 
You don't see very much of it because it's mostly cropped off the page. Right. But it looks correct there. Or quote-unquote yeah. correct. You know which panel I'm talking about. Yeah, it's yeah, the one I'm not where it says I have access yeah, to. Yeah, I have access to the memory. memory. So you can kind of see how it comes to a diamond shaped. Yep. Yeah, where, and that's the way I think it should right. be. But the panel before that where he's like full disclosure, yeah. it looks like... And that, First of all, it looks off-center. It looks off-center because it, it looks like it's like it's off-center and then flipped over the center of his head. And he's got like the comb-over. Yeah, it's a comb-over. <laughs> thank, thank you, Craig. It's a comb-over <laughs> fit. That's the new name we're giving it, Eric. Sorry. It's the comb-over. <laughs> We've got the dog turd and the comb-over. The dog turd, the droopy little turd. You know what's funny? Yeah, did it mess? I don't with, get it. Did it mess with your mind? Like that it should that he called it a droopy little turd. Like didn't you think it should be like sort of pointy on both ends, like it is in the back? Yeah, <laughs> I would say so. Because that's how Malcolm described it. So it's kind of like a little tiny mohawk. Yeah, yeah, it should just be a ridge. I don't Wowzers. know. Um, I didn't yeah. create the character. <laughs> No, but it, it's cool though. Uh, we we didn't really even talk about like like uh, of course you know we just were doing the review or whatever. But like, how are you guys feeling? Uh, it's it's pretty uh, much just like seeing dragon run around. Only it is a little different, right? Yep. Yeah. It, it's kind of like it's cool because I really think it gives you that best of both worlds vibe because he's clearly weird and different, but also too like man, you know. He's a dick when it counts. Like, he's kind of like, I don't know. It's real similar, you know? Yeah. I kind of like him having that fin if it's drawn consistently. But, I, you know, you, you hit a little bit upon the cover of 255 that Eric released um, when we were talking news. Mm-hmm. And I thought on that cover, it's the first cover with Paul Dragon featured. And I thought he looked pretty cool. I think he looks I, cool. kind of... I'm kind of, uh, I thought it looked a little weird, and now I'm, I'm used to it after reading through this issue. I, I like how it looks when it's drawn like it comes to a pointed kind of end, like it's bulbous with like that pointed end. I, I'm not as much of a fan as like a mini flat fin. Yeah, yeah like the, but, the droopy, like the, the, the point, the spike, the widow's peak is yeah. what you'll say, right? Yeah. 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 The w- Again, going to that page where he's in bed with Alex. Like, if it looks like that, I'm on board with that. It looks kind of cool. Yeah. I like the widow's peak. I think it's actually kind of neat. Like, the one time he draws it, like, well in, in, um, in like, three fourths profile is in the page where he's socking Malcolm in the face with a big, uh, um, the crom, the crom, the, 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 how do you pronounce this sound effect? You mean ram? Thracoom. Thracoom. Okay. Thracoom. Oh, Thracoom. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Yeah. That's that's the way I think it should look. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot there, too. Because you, you do have, like, it comes down to that little spike. Listen yeah, to us, I, fucking I, fin I, experts. Hey. <laughs> we don't call it. We're it's not the fin cast. It's so noticeable. We're not the fin cast for nothing. Right. <laughs> It's just very, very noticeable, and, and the the reason why it's even more noticeable is because it's the same thing he did in graphic fantasy, I feel Yeah, like. it was inconsistent will, there, too, and it was inconsistent there now. I will say that I think it gets more consistent as the issue goes by. Sure. Because, like... You would think so, but it doesn't. Does it not? Yeah, well, not really, because it, it's it, it's still goofy oh, on the right. second from the last page. 
Yeah, look at the rack where he's punching himself as the yeah. big panel. Yep. And then, like, look at the way it comes down to Widow's Peak on the final one. Yeah, yep. you're right. Sometimes, you know what? That's what's fucking with you so bad. I know you already said it, but I'm just going to say it again. The fact that sometimes it looks sharp and flat, and other times it looks like it comes down to a Widow's Peak. And it's just hard to imagine that. I can't help. I can't help but think he's trying to draw it the comb over way, but that doesn't work in like a head-on shot. So he does it the other way in all the head-on shots. But it does, and he's an accomplished artist. I know he he could just make it work. It just seems weird. It seems like it's a choice on purpose. It might be a choice, dude. I mean, it might be a choice. Is what it's a choice. I don't understand. It's like how it. It's like Mickey Mouse. Whenever you look, whatever profile he's in his ears are always in the same position yeah oh yeah. you know what i'm gonna drive you even crazier bros you ready for this i think it might be a choice the segments change on pages oh they do yeah sometimes it's just like four and then other times it's like a lot <laughs> more sometimes it's more than four <laughs> well you know i wasn't gonna count them all but i'm just saying it's weird because i feel like at times eric's such a stickler for those things that it just seems so weird to me. I don't get it. I I I think we've cracked a case. It's it's got to be a choice. It's got to be a. It's got to be. This is a guy straight out of '84, and he'll always be straight out of '84. Yeah, maybe you know what, Craig? We'll see. Maybe that's what it is, dude. He's just having fun drawing Paul, and he's like, you know, I never forgave a fuck back then, and I'm not gonna give a fuck about it now. That'll be his visual. We should have asked more about it. I think we touched a little bit on the interview about it. Next time. Next time. We'll see. On the Savage Fincast. Well, not literally oh, next time, we t- just next interview. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I know we talked a lot with Eric about that that uh, splash with Dart, but man, I love that. Yes, dude. That's her freaky wide-eyed look yeah. in that mansion. And her dude, nipples. Just her huge it- aural. <laughs> They're proportionate. <laughs> You know what? I think that he has got dark, crazy face down to a fucking oh, yeah. She's science. She's got dude. a fucking 30 yard stare that just never ends. <laughs> yeah, dude. She looks so crazy. She's always looking through you. Yeah, man. It's good, though, right? Because the normal, regular dart did never do that. And this is distinctly evil darts thing. And I love how she doesn't give a shit about Dragon. She's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, you would think that she would care. She's like, fuck, she's done. fuck it, he's old. It's a fucking old man. Who cares? More samurai. Give me more samurai. Give me more newer characters to, to kind of care about. Love it, dude. We're getting that, though. Like, samurai and uh, bug are, or is it insect? Samurai and insect are like, you know, they're, I feel like they're in there, dude. They're like henchwomen. Yeah. Right hand henchwomen. Question. It's shoots yeah. and ladders they're playing, right? Uh, on the yes. board game, looks right. like it. Yes, just checking. Yeah. Just checking. I gotta imagine so. Yep, he's talking about shoots and ladders. I just wanted to check. Uh, old Alex holding up, still a fox, still a silver fox. Super, so glad to. You know, I know it's funny. I feel so bad for Alex as a character. She just can't ever seem to get that happy ending, dude. It is her curse. She's never going to get that happy ending with Dragon. Mm. But anyone notice that Malcolm shirt says "Don't moose with me"? Yes, dude. 
awesome. <laughs> it's classic. It's I'm pulling for Alex. Maybe this will be it. Dude, I'm pulling for Alex, too. And you know what's funny is before regular, like, actual dragon, like, went to heaven, I feel like he was sort of pulling towards Alex, too. That was the cruelty of him, like, biting the bullet. He had Jennifer right there, and he was like, ah. He's like, you know, I'm fucking old, and she's young, and I don't know. I think he was going to go the way of the Alex. I'm I'm still enjoying that Eric's foray back into 90s panels with all, like, the scratchy panels in the battle between Malcolm and Dragon. Hell yes, dude. That fight. I love, like... Take take a look, guys, at the, the, the two pages, the, the one with the Brakabadoom, and then the second page next to it with the, it starts with the panel where Malcolm saying, what the hell? Mm-hmm. Look at that page and how beautiful that is in color with each sound effect in a different color yeah. and in the same spot of each panel going down. It's so neat. Yes, dude. And I love the use of the zipatone on Malcolm's uh, fin. On that scrowl panel, yeah, it's so good, dude. Eric's art has been on point, and I feel like whenever Eric's like art is exceptional, is you can tell he's just having a good time. Yeah, absolutely. You, you got to imagine how fun was this to have him do. This is basically Dragon versus Malcolm, right? Yeah. Which is a great. I love it. I love to get to see Dragon like just fucking duke it out. Because, you know, Shades of Kerr. We saw how it's it like went last time. It's full-size Dragon and full-size Malcolm, too. Right. And you notice uh, Malcolm had to hit him with the juice. Had to, had to give him the only electric powers, you know? Yep. So good, dude. I love it. That panel where he's like, you know, the uh, Skakathrakum. Oh, yeah. the lightning punch to the head. He doesn't say it, but he's doing it, dude. The signature move. I love it. It's so good. Do Is there significance to Dragon's 76 on his jersey? I don't know. Uh, actually, just, actually, hold on a second. Just curious. It was a year he was created? Uh, I don't know. That's what I'm wondering. If there was any kind of like significance to it if you don't know we won't kill airtime with it i just did want to say that i also while you're looking that up jim i i love this uh and eric said it in our interview but i love this super tiny panels page where like you've got the callback it was what a callback to issue one or like which one the the conversation where they're at the picnic table before the fight starts oh yeah 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 i love it I love the visual callbacks of this sequence. Because in a way, it's very similar. Like, you know, Dragon didn't have his memory. And, you know, oh, when the Possessor attacked. It's so good, dude. What if- it was a callback between Dragon and Frank, right? Right. And so you got Malcolm and Dragon talking here. Are we going to call Paul Dragon? What are we going to... Do you guys feel like call, like calling him Dragon already? No. He's Paul. He's Paul, right? To me, it's interchangeable. What about just... Paul Dragon. <laughs> I don't know. I'm digging it, dude. I'm digging it. I'm glad. I'll tell you what I am glad of. I'm glad that Malcolm didn't just accept him. I'm glad that he rejected the idea of this guy just showing up and being like, hey, son. Because that would have been fucking weird. Even if it gets there yeah. eventually. Like... And a thing, again, we didn't want to, I didn't want to tie up like our precious Eric interview with this, 
But I want you to think about a cool thing with Malcolm is how much adopted family he has. Like he's got yeah. like Angel is his half sister. He's got uh, Lightning Lass. He's is his half sister. He's got Thunderhead is his half brother. Like is that her name now, Lightning Lass, or is it just the Lightning? Well, girl? Light, light, Lightning Lass is a Legion of Superheroes member. I'm pretty sure it's just Lightning Girl. No. Lightning Girl. My bad. Sorry, dudes. I didn't mean to get your Legion. I thought, Jim, you know, that was actually a very clever crossover. I thought some of your Legion listeners <laughs> might be listening to this, but whatever. Okay. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think it's cool. Malcolm has a lot of uh, sort of like adopted family. And yeah. it's cool in a way if Paul does kind of become like an adopted father. Like it just fits Malcolm's story so well. That like he just I don't know he's open to that dude like if he calls if he eventually accepts Paul as like a dad like a father figure actually to me wouldn't even be that weird because damn dude he was super quick to accept Thunderhead as a brother like they were fucking fighting in a graveyard and he's like wait a minute lightning powers did we just become best friends <laughs> like, <laughs> like he was right. he was really into that quick so yeah I'm just saying, if him and Paul get there, I think it'd be kind of fitting. I think it'd be kind of cool. Do you guys find it weird how easy Malcolm kills, especially like in this issue where it wasn't like, oh, oops, I fried him with my electric powers. It was like, I'm just going to stomp this guy's head out. I got to say, at this point, he probably just does it so much he doesn't give a fuck, you know? Yeah. It's a cool panel, though. It is very cool. As much as I'm bitching about it, dude, I do kind of love the f- just Malcolm jumped up real high and then just came back down. It's kind of interesting. It's kind of almost an invincible pose. Yeah. I'm trying to remember if it's from something specific, but it, 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 it looks like he's flying away. I love the last panel. You've got a hell of a right hook for an old man. You have no idea. It's kind of ominous, isn't it? I just, I just like it. Father and son, just kind of hand on his shoulder, and, and Malcolm looks so much bigger than Dragon. He is, dude. That's a, you know, the Eric always said everyone draws Dragon giant, but it was the fin. The fin made people think he was giant, and Paul has a really small fin. So, like, but Paul does, next it, to Malcolm it does kind of imply that Malcolm is huge, though. Of course, he's got his mom's well, height. I think. Yeah, Malcolm uh, Dragon's what five ten yeah. without the fin. So Malcolm wouldn't even have to be. He's only if you look at that panel, he's only one head taller. That would make him like what six whatever. We've got Malcolm's height. Malcolm, <laughs> Malcolm is says six four. Now I don't know if that means with the fin or what, but I'd assume that's his head, dude. Because like, look at him standing next to Paul. You know. Yeah, which is kind of neat. You're right, dude. That's a really cool panel, and I don't know why. But that, like, image of them walking through the rubble, like, arm over each other, like, with the famous funnies underneath it, it's kind of a cool thing, you know? Yeah. Cool visual. It was a good fight, dudes. I love it. I love, like, Malcolm's fried fin, you know? I love that we got to see Paul. I think that, like, uh, Mind Warp is a fucking kick-ass villain. It's a shame, but I think it was cool just to... I don't know. I wasn't expecting much action, and then, goddamn, we got a pretty, pretty.
pretty sweet born burner like fight scene. Yeah, absolutely. And then we don't end there. We didn't talk about this last time at all, so I'm very excited. Because, guys, to me, this is some very fine Frank Fosco work. Absolutely. Ethrian. Yeah, I think he's really firing like on all cylinders with this backup. And it's how it should have been presented. So for the listeners that don't know, this backup was presented as an entire one-shot, which was basically a Vanguard one-shot, which guest starred Ethrian. Um, I forget what year it came out, um, but it was called Vanguard Ethereal Warriors. Um do you guys know the year on that? Oh, I don't. Off the top of my head, I could go grab my issue, but that would take a minute. We, um, it was black and white, and I'm pulling it up right now so I can tell well, the you. little caption box Came does out tell you. August 2000. Yeah, I was going to say, it's got to be early because this caption box tells you that it's like, takes place way back before Savage Dragon 145 even. So. Well, that just means it takes place before the backup the the ethereum backup in 145 which was a new backup it's just giving you a context of where it fits in for ethereum sure but yeah 2000 it was a, a 47 page black and white one shot vanguard ethereal warriors by gary carlson and frank fosco um the way it from what I remember and how it was told to us was it was originally supposed to this was supposed to come out as a backup in the original Vanguard series but when Vanguard got cancelled early they moved it into an Ethereal Warriors one shot so you're supposed to get a few like backup and then it was supposed to go into like a regular Vanguard issue where where uh Ethereum fought Vanguard or something, you know, one of those misunderstandings. Cool, cool, cool. But now we're seeing it for the first time in color and serialized like it should have been. And it looks gorgeous. It's colored by Nikos in the same style he's been coloring Dragon as of late. Oh, yeah, man. And it could not look better. Just the combo of Frank's like art and uh, Nikos's colors are what a team. What a team. Ethereum is kind of like. What would you call him? Kind of like a a cross between He-Man and Superman in a way? I would say this is more of a New God send-up. Yeah, Samson. Kind of like a Samson character, you know? He's arrogant a little bit. He's a god for sure. They all... There's a bunch of these superhumans that have each have a lens, which is kind of like a power source from their planet. Yeah, I guess right. it's, it's like it focuses this thing called the powerhouse's power. The powerhouse is kind of like a castle Grayskull that harnesses the power of the I'm planet. pretty sure E3 and predates He-Man. I'd have to yeah, check the numbers on that, but I'm pretty sure... No, he does, because this is a Frank creation from when he was like a teenager. Right. But yes, it is, it is somewhat similar conceptually to He-Man in terms of like power source and although he doesn't change forms it's it's, which is like a new god thing too um but yeah so there's all these like characters there's zakora who's kind of like this 
shows up as this evil guy who has a lens. There's Lord Amalak, who's like the king of this. Uh, uh, what's the what's the the planet Eth? I don't. I don't. Is he the king? I just thought he was like a head, like something to that effect. Because they call him Lord. Yeah, but Amalek. I think he's like a the caretaker of the powerhouse or something. I think the staffs have something to do of some importance. Well, yeah. There's a couple of there's guys that wield the staff, and they kind of they focus the power, I guess. Yeah. They they control the power, and then the other guys are more warriors that use the power. Right. Right. They're stewards of the power. They're like watching. I, I feel dumb. Be, I feel dumb because we did talk about this way back when when the saga kind of continued with Ethrian, but it's just been no. A we didn't. Kinda... Uh, we didn't start doing the Fincast until issue one seventy five, which is which was oh, okay. after Ethrian ended. Oh, all right. Well, then I've read it all, but I. It's been you are thinking of Ethrian's appearances in Vanguard backup. I am. You're right. You're right. So a couple other different players. You got Gon, who's this kind of like turtle guy, and Thiessen, who's this other kind of guy with a weird kind of like Gomer pile hat or something. <laughs> uh, and then we'll see other characters in, in the next installment. But for this one, it looks like what they're battling over these lenses, where they kind of establish that you know there's a select group of people on this planet that control the lenses, and only they're only supposed to each have one. And one of these guys, Zakora, is, is kind of power hungry, and he's trying to collect them all. I guess, kind of like the Infinity Gauntlet. Right, right. Yeah, the more the more you get, like he has two in the beginning of this backup, and he's like, "Now my powers double yours." And then, like, he gets a third one, and it's like, "Oh shit!" You know, like E three knows he's fucked. So, I love some of these scenes here, like. The first one that shows kind of like the Lord Am- Amalek or whatever, and it's got the that powerhouse building on the top panel, yeah, and like just the view, it's just good. The boom behind it, that one, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. Sort of, you called him a turtle, but to me, he's like a weird kind of armadillo dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. He's also, he got he, like. Also, he doesn't have a lens, so he gets his ass beat immediately. <laughs> what was he thinking, dude? <laughs> like. Not even close. He's like a loyal servant. Gangway! <laughs> like the very next panel. It's like, dude. But it, it definitely has that, like, He-Man vibe of, like, sword and sorcery mixed with alien tech. Yeah. Yeah. And, of course, just badass fight scenes. Like, just dudes punching the shit out of each other. Yeah. And... Ethrian's kind of a dick. Yeah, he is. It was funny is like he's the lead, but like yeah, he's kind of a uh, a jerk, kind of a d bag. Amalek uh, gives him the blast though, dude. And uh, oh, you know what, Jim? I know it's fucking with you. This dude even yells now. I am, and now I am the power. It's like <laughs> come on, he even yells it. But when he turns him into Kirby Crackles, because he like banishes him with the. Uh, He's staff. trying to, like, banish him with the staff? He, no, he's trying to, like, destroy he's, him, but it ends up he's, just sending him he's to He's trying Earth. to siphon the power out of his uh, lenses, I think. But it doesn't really work the yeah. way he thinks it's going to work. And you can see in that panel with the crackle that one lens comes off of his helmet. Yeah. And he 
leaves it behind, and apparently we will find out where he went in the next uh, installment. The fourth and final lynch is mine. God, who's his at hand? What if he talked that way? <laughs> what if that was how he talked? It'd be terrific. I'm a lock, even you cannot stop me now. You serve the power. And now, hey man. I am the power. Hey man. <laughs> It's good, though. I love it. Uh, I'm going to give it proper praise. I'm just being silly. I think Powerhouse is cool. I, got, I think it's a cool-looking design. I think all of these guys have a distinct and cool visual. Uh, I've never heard Frank like talk about Mobius, but I feel like uh, our man that is uh, kneeled over uh, Zakora's little glowing remnants there is very Mobius kind of looking. So there's kind of like, it's more yeah. than just like... That's that's Thiessen. Thiessen. So Thiessen... <laughs> I gotta admit, dudes, I am so bad with fantasy names. Like, they gotta have normal ass names for it to stick in my brain. I don't know why. It's that's Nelson. That's yeah. The, thank you, Greg. Greg has leaned over the universe where uh, <laughs> Joshua got zapped into the uh, different dimension. But like, I just I'm saying. I need Christian names, damn it. <laughs> it's cool to me because I feel like you know with Frank you see so much Kirby influence, but. I feel like in this man, I don't know if he's like intentionally getting some Mobius vibes or, or a He-Man shit going on or whatever, but I think it's cool, man. I think there's some cool stuff, you know, when Ethereum punches him so hard into the wall and just that panel of him like coming out of there, like his hands like leaning forward to pull himself out. And then he's like yeah. got his hand like sort of wiping his mouth and he's smiling. You'd see the lenses like glowing out of the darkness and he's like, that's good shit, dude. Like this is really like some top tier work, so he can feel good. I think it's really like solid Frank work. I think he stands shoulder to shoulder with anything he's done. Yeah, I, I, it's cool to see it in color. And Nico's talking about the color. I'm glad you said that. Nico's absolutely correctly chose to channel some Euro coloring. Like that powerhouse panel on the very last page of this backup where it's like boom and the whole world trembles. Dude, that panel is like straight out of heavy metal. Yeah. Don't you, now we're saying that, don't you get like the Lochnar? Like with Greg leaned over the, the green glow. <laughs> Greg. Greg, he says. <laughs> it's good, dude. Uh, I love it. Good stuff, yeah. I, I enjoy long serials that are super heroic. Yeah. And stuff like that. Agreed. And Frank Fosco art's always a plus. I love it. I love this kind of stuff. I like the uh, twisted funnies and stuff that we get too, but I love a serialized, like, you know, six seven pager at the end of every issue. It's cool. Oh, you know? do, do you guys do you guys, do you guys have the print issue on hand? Not yet. Yes. What's on the back cover? Yes, the letters. Oh, okay. I guess it crammed yeah, for space. It's strange. It's so crammed in. We didn't get a funnies, and our letters are on the back cover. It's <sighs> cool. I'm okay. You know why I'm okay with that? I know it's a weird graphic visual. But it's just kind of a reminder that people write into Savage Dragon. Yeah. And not a lot of people write into a lot of other comics, so... There's still letters on this one about Savage Dragon 247, so... There's there's a lot of backlog. Very cool. Very cool. 251, I think we gave it the appropriate deep dive before we jump into 252. 
I think we did a really nice little look back at that. What do you say? You guys got any yeah, lingering fun, thoughts? Fun to get a full issue with Paul Dragon for the first time. I mean, when we left 251, it, he was on the last panel. We didn't know what to expect. Would it just be some silly doppelganger, weird, you know, imposter guy? Yeah. And to get a full issue and find out that seems like he's the real deal. Yeah. Um, he was basically in the issue more than Malcolm, I feel like. Yeah. You got to think, uh, Jim, I know you touched on it, but uh, you got to think those guys who are like, we want Dragon back. You got to think they're pretty happy, right? <laughs> no. No? <laughs> Paul Dragon. You don't think they're happy? Paul Dragon's not Dragon? No. Not too Dragon enough, I'm afraid. I think I think they're ha- I think anyone in their right mind should be happy. Yeah. I think it's the you know, we keep saying this, but it's the best of both worlds. It, it's you get dragon back, but it's not the cop out of the same dragon. And the visual difference I think is also key. Yes. Agreed. Um I've seen some talk of people like wishing and hoping that the uh green turd becomes a normal full size fan. I'm going to go ahead and put it out there in the universe that I don't want to see that. Yeah, I don't either. I really don't. I thought, did, this was on, you're talking about, I think there was like a thread on Facebook and Eric was like, we'll see or something. He left it at he that. He left it open. But yeah. again, obviously, nah, I, whatever. I, I, uh, I'm all for floppy turd. Yeah. Get Crow that floppy, floppy turd. turd. Get that floppy turd. No comb over. Yeah. I just want Creep, the fucking... Creepy comb over dragon is not... Widow's Peak. Widow's Peak log. <laughs> Widow's Peak log. Nail down the number of segments. Keep it consistently Widow's Peak. And you have a distinct visual that is honestly cool. I think it's cool. And I, I, I jokingly said this, but I meant it too. You could, for the first time, have a dragon character who could wear hats. And I know that sounds funny. But it's like, <laughs> dude, dragon in a hat. It would still be difficult to wear a hat with that thing on your head. Not a toboggan. He's just going to wear a 10-gallon hat everywhere. T- Hello. 10-gallon. I'm it's Savage no, Dragon. It's no different than a mohawk. You think guys with mohawks got to wear <laughs> giant hats? Come on. Come on with that silliness. Get out of here. Uh, you can't get a fitted hat around that ridge in the back. T- Everything will be tight. A toboggan? Come on, a toboggan's like a head sock. No way. No way, dude. I just don't buy it. I just don't buy it. What if he wore toupees? Would you be okay with that? <laughs> he just put like an afro wig on over top of it? That's a great visual, dude. I'm just saying. I would love that. I would love it. You're insane. I know. You shut your mouth. I know. I'm an idiot. I'm a buffoon. Um... I th- I think we got to get into it. Man. Yeah, we got to go. I think, I think we got to do Savage Dragon two fifty two, baby. Got to go, go, go. We got that double two fifty two. Absolutely insane, insanity. Yes, dude. Yes. What did we do to deserve such a gift? <laughs> Honestly, would you have ever called this shit in a million years? I don't know because he's done so much wacky shit already. But no, maybe not. I, I, it's just. I, you know, the funny thing about 252 in this funniest issue is that you got the, the impression that Eric was happy with COVID, that he was finally getting back on track and it was going to be like all these issues built up. Uh-huh. 
And then he goes and pulls this shit on himself and pulls himself back like two or three months because it takes so long to, I guess, master these art styles and and get them to a point where he's comfortable with the way they look or just even pick and decide what to use. We touched on it in the interview. And, uh, I mean, I did a little sample, but here's the artist scoop. When you're drawing something and you're drawing it in your own style, the only thing you have to fight, you've seen Eric's roughs. And for the listeners, if you haven't seen Eric's roughs, they are the scribbliest hint or suggestion of what needs to be on the page. Most of the actual drawing happens as he is drawing it, right? And that's the way it is when you're drawing in your own style. When you have to draw in someone else's style, you are literally having to reference everything. You don't get to make the choices you want. You have to look at how they would compose a shot. You have to look at the choices they would make for certain, like, anatomy, like, perspective. It's it's a nightmare, dude. I drew a four-panel gag of Garfield, and I don't think it looks very much like Garfield. It actually was terrible compared to, like, these things Eric did here. Like, and it's funny because just little things. Like, I had... You telling Malcolm, me that Jim Davis defeated you, Raven? He did, dude. Jim Davis defeated me, is what I'm saying. I'm saying that to draw a four-panel gag, I had to look up, like, 20 strips to get reference for just different things that Jim Davis would have done that Raven would never do. And I still ended up doing something that I don't think Jim Davis would ever do. Like, I had, like, Garfield in the back and, like, Maxine and uh, Malcolm in the foreground. Dude, there's none of that. Everyone no, the, in Garfield you, you is side by side. Side by side in front of a, a, a chest high table. Yes. Yeah. They're all and that's what I'm talking about. And so you can imagine Eric's drawing this issue, but dude, he's not getting to like have really creative freedom at all. He's very much having to like look at everything and make sure it fits this other person's mold. So whew, no wonder this killed his lead. He had a huge lead. <laughs> he had a huge lead. Yikes is all I'm saying. So so we've already talked about the cover, which is a blondie looking thing. Yep. Very um, much Dagwood trying to make a sandwich. Yeah. I got to say, Jack has the most Dagwood face yeah. of the bunch, I'd say. I like it. I like because the characters are recognizable as both blondie characters and dragon characters. Yeah, absolutely. That's something he excels at this whole issue, actually. Indeed. I think. Like, we'll turn the page to the first page, and <laughs> that Jack here again has the most Billy-ass Billy face. <laughs> he does, dude. <laughs> dude, they're little round heads with the fin on top. <laughs> yeah. That shit is so funny, dude. I gotta say, it's kind of it's kind of funny he used uh, the Family Circus one for the first page. I guess it makes sense, right? Of course, did you know Family Circus Uh-oh. is not a comic? What Family Circus is not a comic? It is a, it is a, it is a, it is merely a cartoon. You see, Family <laughs> Circus see a comic, as defined by. Um, uh-oh. Uh-oh. Here we go. Oh, fuck. Uh, uh, Scott McLeod. A comic has to have two images juxtaposed together. Uh-huh. So merely having a single image with text juxtaposed upon it is not a comic. 
You cannot imagine that Scott Cloud was neglecting Family Circus and Farside when he made his definition. I actually think he mentions both of them as not being actually comics. Are I you have shitting to, me? I gotta double check the book, what? but I'm pretty sure he mentions it. Because he, he acknowledges that it excludes them both. <laughs> Alright, I got a so question. They're like, While you're checking that out. Okay, Familiar Circus. So another nice thing that Eric does is he parodies like names, like clever names for the thing. So instead of family circus, we have familiar circus. Vaguely, what is this? Si- vague, vaguely similar circus. circus. What, what is the 5-31? Uh, oh, it's a date. It's, it's uh, May 31st. All all, news, all newspaper strips do this. Yeah. Why yeah. is it dated that? They always date them like that. That's when it was drawn, I assume. He drew this back in May? Yeah, maybe. Probably the first yeah. one. No way, dude. I mean, what is this coming out? What year is this? Uh, this is coming out in uh, August. I mean, September. No, September. June. So, I mean, this may have been his impetus, perhaps, or yeah, but, or maybe uh, he. Well, why is that hard to, to believe, Raven? It just it's May thirty first, so basically a June, and this thing came out in August. September. This is August. Well, yes. it's going to be, but September. it's September. Yeah, it's going to be September. <laughs> but it is right. September, Craig. It's September. You're right. <laughs> Can you guys pull out that little like laser beam and shoot it into the internet and erase everyone's memory of me saying that? Yes, dude. Hey, listen. Wish granted. If anyone remembers this, you're a jerk and you're remembering lies. Lies. <laughs> but well, yes, I gotta but say, yes, Raven, that is... Newspaper comic strips often just put the date like that. I think it's. I think it has to do with because they crank out so many. It keeps. Sure, yeah. It, it, it gives the newspaper people knowledge of you know when to place them. Mm-hmm. They don't put the years. They just put the. They just put the the month and day. Um, it, although most newspaper strips also have a copyright strip that tells you the year. Well, I gotta say also too, because um, we gotta we gotta sort of judge this stuff. I'm sorry, with each strip, it really begs this. You have to sort of throw this out here. So he's sort of emulating the humor, right? Yes. So like, I know how I feel but that, about this. Yeah, I mean, he's not really emulating the humor because this is funny. Yeah, I know. That's what I was gonna say, dude. Uh, he actually made it funny, and I hate Family Circus. Family Circus is dude the got, worst. And this, when you heard that he was gonna do Family Circus. I mean, I don't know how you guys felt, but I thought for sure it was going to be one of those little dash line cartoons where the character's walking all over the place. I didn't actually envision that because this is literally no. all I know. I've never seen the dash line. I've only seen. Really? What? Yeah, I've only... I thought that's what they're like known for. Oh, the circle. Dude, they are known for the circle. But you, Jim, you yes. know, right? What those, I'm talking those, about. Those strips yeah. generally are only Sunday strips. The Sunday strips are sometimes comics. <laughs> Scott McLeod says. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, this is actually funny. That's the funny thing. This gag actually works. So, it- Do you know what's crazy? Let's think about the job that Farron Delgado has done on this comic as we go through and we look at all the different fonts that match exactly how the comics look. Yes, dude. I, yeah. I, I, I do want to say one th- more thing about this before we move on. Sure. I think this is one of the cases where the art style doesn't exactly match the characters that well. All the dragons look great, but I think Maxine oh, doesn't. She totally looks like the mom. She looks exactly like the mom from the strip, and I don't think it works. I think she's too tall. Her neck's, something about her is just off. 
it's hard i think you know you're trying to like use your characters make it look like the other strip and it's you know you want to make it somewhat resemble well like even when she's olive oil later on like she's way taller than maxine would be but i think she needs to be tall because olive oil's tall the funny thing is she's not wearing any pants (laughs) i know dude isn't that funny (laughs) she never wears pants no bras, no panties. That was on her shirt in the last issue. <laughs> no bras, no panties. So funny, dude. This is good. I, I got to tell you, when he said, I'm not going to lie, Craig. When Here's the thing. When he said Family Circus and you envisioned dotted line, I envisioned myself hanging from a rafters with a noose. Because I fucking <laughs> hate Family Circus. But this was good. This was actually funny. And what's yeah. funny is he didn't even have to shit on. I thought he was going to shit on Family Circus, you know, because it's so lame. Because almost anybody who tries to do a Family Circus parody kind of mean naturedly shits on Family Circus. This gag doesn't shit on Family Circus and yet is actually good. Dude, bravo. 10 out of 10 Family Circus strip. I loved it. And how hard is it to fit some like huge muscular Malcolm character? into one of these characters in every strip it's got to be difficult to like make it look right and yet man it works yeah absolutely you see that you know exactly what he's doing Mm -hmm. so now we got piglets featuring good old matty dragon and guys before we get in the strip i want you to appreciate another didn't have to do it thing did you notice that eric's signature even echoes yeah is that not crazy yeah everything no they just went all out instead of just saying schultz like you know instead of saying eric larson or he made it like charles schultz signed his shit schultz so he just signs this by larson oh well and and again i'm gonna give mad praise to farron delgado because the peanuts font is the peanuts font no one else has font like that you know you could see a speech bubble and know which strip that's from yeah. you know what i mean yeah and you know they got it. it absolutely it's just those little details that that other cartoonists wouldn't do to go above and beyond to make this thing look exactly as if you know it was drawn by the creator so i'm going to tell you a little behind the scenes stuff that i find fascinating about about Newspaper comics. Oh, um, lay it on us. Well, don't get too excited. Okay. I've, I've reined <laughs> it in. Forget it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. So have either of you ever read um, Calvin and Hobbes' The 10th Anniversary book? At some point I did. I At some point I owned it, but so I sold it. So that book is one of the greatest books ever. If you just want to like get inside like the nuts and bolts of what newspaper comics are like. Because it's basically 150 pages of... Bill Watterson bitching about syndicated newspaper strips. Uh-huh. So here's something that I learned from that book. Sunday funnies have to... Some newspapers don't show the entire comic strip. They chop off the, fir- the, the top two panels. Yeah. And they only print the bottom two layers for space okay. reasons. Yikes. So here's the thing. Newspaper uh, comic book creators, newspaper strip creators for Sundays use the first two panels in the first row 
as a throwaway gag almost 99% of the time. So that they can be excised from the comic and not lose anything in the writing. Okay. Eric, going through this, any any comic that has the, 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 the traditional three, um, how am I going to phrase this? Three layered style? Not so yeah, much. Three rows. Three row yeah, the three row rows. style. Yeah. Kind of follows that rule. Like in this piglet strip, you see Maddie at her desk. And you see the kids saying you can't go to school because you're too little. So you're saying if, if you they cut, cut off the those top, tops, row, it still makes the, sense. This comic still makes sense without those two panels, because in the very beginning of the second row, Maddie says, "I'm big, I'm big, I want to go to school," and then she throws her tantrum, and then you get the punchline: you don't need the other characters telling her she can't go. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So I'm curious if Eric kept that in mind when he did this or if it is a big coincidence because I'm i sure, cause, be, because the piglets one it works the next one the rex melvin one it works and the angel one it works uh, although i have not double checked hmm. the others and then the and then the uh the thimble theater one follows different rules entirely yeah because that's like based on an older strip yeah yeah but yes, um, but that that's just something that, and that's what Waterson was always so pissed off about is because he wasn't allowed to break structure because uh, newspapers could just chop chunks of your comic off. So you can't just, that's why in the beginning, Calvin and Hobbes had a very strict panel structure. And then later on, he was allowed finally to start breaking all the rules and have the more elaborate layouts. Gotcha. That's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, oh, and also they could reconfigure your panels. That's another thing. Sometimes they would be laid out like this, and sometimes <laughs> they would re- redo it so they were taller. That would happen too. So you had to be Damn you right. had to give the newspaper all the flexibility in presentation. Oof. So did anyway, you guys, as you read this, did you hear the do 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 do? Not me. I mean, I know the song, but I. I generally don't add soundtracks when I read comics. Me, I really, I, I, I don't know. I, God, sorry. Didn't no, mean I'm to just cut saying, like when you, no, no. All I was saying is, like, d- dude, I did. I could, I could hear the voice, like, I'm big, I'm big. I want to go to school, like, just like yeah. the cartoon, dude. Wow. <laughs> how, how, how great is that wham panel? <laughs> I like no, no, no. <laughs> I like the I'm not too little. I'm not too little. Like pounding on the floor. <laughs> yeah. That and the last panel, I love. Like, I, I, I love that Eric chose to make the kids different shades of green. I think that's an ingenious idea that he's done in the regular series, mm-hmm. and it, you know, it proves it here. It's just, it makes sense. It's visually interesting. Although, I guess it's just I'm kind of curious great. why Maddie and Amy aren't the same shade. I guess well, I guess Maddie takes after her dad's darker color. Yeah, is what I'm getting because notice that the Amy has uh, freckles like Maxine. That's true. And tin toes yeah. too. So in a way, Amy's like way more like Maxine, and Maddie is way more like Malcolm. Yeah. Love it. It's, it is. It is. It's awesome. It's very. I cool. love that she has her little lightning powers too. <laughs> Coming off, I want to go. You can't stop me. The lightning powers are coming out. <laughs> it's also kind of interesting too, because like 
it's establishing in this strip that she's getting old that she can talk yeah yeah she can talk pretty damn you know? good i don't know how old she is at this point three or four i think she's she's not like i don't think she's that old but it could be wrong. This actually Maybe opens right. with a birthday. So, her birthday. So, she literally had a birthday at the beginning of this comic. Yeah. Now I gotta look it up. At any rate, I think we've said our piece. The, I think the fucking Peanuts one was another 10 out of 10. Like, absolute home run of execution. So, wh- one of the strips I requested was Rex Morgan. Because <laughs> why would he ever do Rex Morgan? I can't believe that you got a Rex Morgan in here, dude. That's weird. Rex Melvin, digital digital <laughs> devil story. Uh, what is DDS? I don't know. I think it's denti- dental doctor of dentist sciences. I don't know. Den- doctor of dental science- yeah. sciences. Yeah, I believe yes, you're right. This is the story of Maxine finally getting her braces out. So now all people who say she looks like she's 16 can shut the fuck up. I know, dude. Adult braces. Oh, so... Ooh. Maddie is born on May 31st, 2018. Oh, so there's only like three. Two. Well, it's just your birthday. Well, I guess she would be two. One, yeah. two, two. Two. Okay. He's talking a lot for a two-year-old. Talking up a storm, dude. No, not no? really. Two, two-year-olds. Can We're both that. fatherless. I mean, no, well, I don't know about your father. I'm fatherless. We're both uh, childless, so Craig, we will uh, listen to you as the authority. <laughs> You would definitely know. Two-year-olds, two-year-olds can definitely talk like that. Can they say, "Wow, no, no, no"? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I'm joking because I totally know they can. So, I can't believe Maxine puts up all this, um, this. Trying to get those braces off, dude. She might even be N- gassed. No, oh, see, I maybe, but they don't imply that. Do you- DDS is Doctor of Dental Surgery. Oh, surgery. <laughs> I, I'd say you'd probably want to be gassed to have your braces off, right? It's just no. adhesive. I think it just has to pop them off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know that the... Uh, actually, it's funny. Um, this issue, I was worried there wouldn't be much in the way of like things happening. But it is kind of hilarious because, man... Those braces really stuck in the craw of a lot of people. Yeah. And so it's funny because, like, I know so many adults that get adult braces. And I'm just like, to me, it was, like, not a big deal. But, like, man, dude, those braces pissed a lot of people off. So I'm happy for them. But then check it out. Hilariously, we had a huge back and forth about does Maxine even wear her Sailor Moon outfit anymore? She's totally wearing. <laughs> She's totally wearing it. This issue, so here you yeah. go. Yeah. So the braces are gone, but the Sailor Moon outfit remains, dude. So this is a really stupid thing for me. Um, Eric doesn't do this very often, or at least I don't recall him doing this very often, of doing like the really black inked hair with the blue highlights. Sure. And that's something that like I think of when I think of Rex Morgan because it's a very that's, old school yeah. kind of like Superman illustration. Did. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of like how he's really ex- uh, really emphasized the hair here. Oh yeah, it, it's that's a really like in order to carry the style off. Yeah, that's absolutely like on point. Yeah, that's Rex Morgan's look. I mean, basically, it's Rex Morgan as a dentist a creepy pervert rapey rapey dentist (laughs) what's funny is that like 
I guess he's not that bad because he's just like he is trying to sort of like. Wait, wait, what? He's not. That no, bad? no, no. He's bad, but I'm saying he's not rapey. He's trying to work <laughs> his way up to an affair, basically, because he's like laying out the, all this out about his personal life and whatever else, and then he's like, so with your braces off, he's like trying to go for it. So I mean, he's not that bad. He could. This could have been way creepier, you know. He starts off with saying, could you open up, please? I meant your legs. Okay, he's a goddamn creep. <laughs> he's a creep. He gets his comeuppance. He gets bashed real good in the teeth. I don't know. It's funny. I like this Maxine, guys. I think this is kind of like, we've got some cute Maxine drawings on this page. And she gets her braces off. Yeah. So it's like something that kind of advances something going on. I mean next issue she'll have no braces <laughs> yeah you gotta take the uh what's funny is that again we'll, we'll call back we'll get there when we get there but it's kind of like i was in love with this idea but i was also worried there wouldn't be an extreme amount of progression and there actually kind of is everybody kind of has a little bit of progression here uh that's a kind of <laughs> genius thing about this issue is it would feel like just an experiment where you're not going to get progress. But even if something as simple as Maxine gets her braces off, Maddie has a birthday. That's shit that counts. The kids have started homeschooling because of COVID. And dude, we got to talk about... Oh wait, hold on. So, rating. Rex Melvin. See, I'm not familiar with Rex Morgan, but like I did like this strip. Like I thought it was funny and well-drawn. So what's your rating, Jim, since you were the Rex Morgan guy? I think it's as good. It's very good. I think it's great. Um, I mean, Rex Morgan is an awful, awful old person comic strip. <laughs> and this captures all of its old person comic stripness. There you go. All right. Well, that's all the praise. You can... I, I love the, the last panel. O- um, only Mary Worth is worse. How funny is that the last panel is like completely orange versus like the rest of it, and it just emphasizes like him getting his ass yeah, beat, right. and like and the face, you know, that she's making as she walks away is just like, Ugh. <laughs> yeah. Maxine's just like horrified. You know what? I'm gonna say this again too. Um, I think that it, you know she. Got well, it. no, I was just Sorry. gonna say it's important to say. Actually, you want to talk about like plot points or whatever? You see in this issue several times Maxine has a chance to be a sexual deviant and doesn't take it. And this yeah. is actually time you, number one. You know what's super interesting about this strip? That? Is that Maxine's a major character and she doesn't say one word of dialogue. And yet sells the comedy through her actions. Yeah. It's funny, dude. This is good. This is good. I don't have Rex Morgan knowledge, but You're this not is missing solid. much. <laughs> <laughs> also, quick question. Do you guys think that the dental equipment on the table in the third panel was meant to evoke titties? No, I don't think so. I think that's your own perverted mind. What? How dare you? <laughs> Listeners, if you if you if you if you think Rex Melvin's Dental equipment was meant to represent boobs. You let me know at savagefincast at gmail dot com. I am not alone. Someone, you're alone. Someone. <laughs> so I love this angel strip. D- 
dude, me too. And how I was this is Ugh. so on point. Dude, I was not expecting at all. I, I, I'm an abnormally big fan of Kathy because it ran in my local newspaper, Ugh. so I read it all the time. Dude, I all of her adventures Kathy. of in Irving and the bad choices she makes constantly. Ah, oh, Kathy sucks so much, Jim. Do you really like Kathy? I don't like Kathy. <laughs> but you know, it becomes part of you. No, dude, you I do not let shitty you, things become part of me. You, you, you can't, you can't, you can't, like, you gotta take the good with the bad. No, You gotta no, suffer you don't. through those BC comics and the Mother Goose and Grimm and... No! Especially... <laughs> except, except Prince Valiant. I could never, ever get myself to read Prince Valiant. You I, think know we, I think it's because it was only in my Sunday paper, and it was like that weird strip that always looked sort of biblical, so I didn't want anything to do with it. <laughs> At least Prince Valiant was well-drawn. Heathen. That's the one Kathy, thing I wasn't here. I guess I was thought he might do a Prince Valiant. Kathy looks like it was drawn by someone in five minutes. Like oh, it, yeah. as, as an artist, you know it's it's not that easy. To draw At like least... this. No, dude, listen. Mm. There's no mm. line weight in Kathy, which Eric doesn't have any line weight here. Dude, so, what, okay, first of all, never mind Kathy. Let's talk about Eric nailed the shit out of the Kathy style. Oh, yeah. Right? He nailed it. This is another total home run. Not only did he get the tone, not only did he get the sense of humor, but he also made it work for conveying information. And actually progressing things, like, it's kind of funny, because we have two progress points here. Like, Angel's packed it on. Angel's fatty. Angel's getting big. And <laughs> uh, Alex, we have some Alex moments here, where Alex has actually been enjoying her chance to sort of, like, have more time with Angel. And Alex is bringing up something that I totally didn't even think about. She's like, yeah, dude, like this quarantine will probably be over for us soon because COVID is being taken very seriously here. And so it's kind of funny because I was actually thinking in my American brain, I was like, man, they're going to be in lockdown for so many months. But Eric actually probably doesn't even have to worry about that, putting the book in Canada. He might actually be done with COVID stories in just like another month or two. So it's kind of cool. I, 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 hope, those... I hope the wait is canon. Uh, dude, me too. Listen, Jim... <laughs> God, God, you hope what is canon? The weight. I hope she's a little chubbier <laughs> next time we see her. I think that is so meat on those bones. That'd be great. Dude, yes, dude. Like, give more body diversity. We were just talking about body diversity in Savage Dragon. If Angel had, like, a tummy and, like, love handles and stuff, yes, dude, go for it. <laughs> God, I just can't. It hurts for me to look at the strip because it's so shitty Dude, drawn. He nailed it though. So shittily drawn. He nailed it though, right? Oh no, I know. It's just <laughs> shit. Alex looks so fucking old. <laughs> yeah, I think she looks yeah. like Kathy's mom. Yeah, dude. She was, I think, the whole point. But yes, she looks ancient. The fucking apple dumpling chin. <laughs> oh Ugh. my goodness, dude. Again, I just want to say, Eric, like you guys said, like nailed the style, nailed the tone, and I gotta say, Farron Delgado again with the fonts, yes, like just like it, he adds so much to this. You know, obviously Eric did the brunt of the work, but 
without the fonts and everything, it just doesn't work as well. You're right. If this had just been like one generic font throughout the whole issue, it wouldn't have even been close. Like this, do you look at this? This looks like some Kathy shit. Like if the the, even the logos are like dead on, dead on. Yeah. So good, dude. This this for me. For me, this was another 10 out of 10. I mean, a total home run. So well, then we come to my favorite strip. Because holy fuck, does Derek nail this. Yes, dude. Yeah, that's so cool. Yes. This is my favorite, too. Holy shit, bro. I was not expecting this to be so good. I'll let you... My favorite panel is in this. I'll let you guys talk. I've talked too much. Take it away. No, 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 no. I'll just throw this out. Um, Popeye, the cashier, his line, do you think I'm a cowboy? Is actually, <laughs> that is actually the first thing Popeye ever said. That was his first piece of dialogue ever delivered. So that's a very cool historical like callback for Popeye the Sailor Man fans. It's so great because yeah. he's in the public domain. Yeah. So there's no reason why Although, he can't show up. It's kind of sucky that Malcolm's not wearing a mask. He doesn't have to worry about it. Yeah, but other people don't know that. Do they not? I just think it, it, it it's more of a design. Uh, yes. You know, he couldn't show the kind of Popeye-type mouth or anything like that with a mask. It would just take away too much. Right. And, and where he gives him the... Uh, the fucking squint eye. <laughs> no need to get tesky, pal. <laughs> <laughs> you do that so good. You've been practicing. Oh, my life. <laughs> that was quite a wallop. <laughs> well, holy shit. These, these action scenes are pure Seeger or cigar. Yeah. <laughs> the, the uppercut oh, is my favorite. Really, panel. the uppercut. I My favorite panel is the fucking yeah. uh, bottom... Bottom left, uh, bottom left. The multiple mouth. That is that is pure Popeye. Yeah. That is how it's done. I think that one. I think the third row center, with the way he's like Malcolm's flying. Yeah, away. yes, dude. That's a good one. So good. I just I like the uppercut one. In my mind, I can see the cartoon, and I can see the way he's like, like the Bluto type characters doing the little jaunt. <laughs> yeah, dude. See, I don't think would, about this. I don't think boom. about this in terms of the cartoon. I mean, I wa- I watched yeah. the cartoon growing up, but I would, after you the old timey ca- cartoon after you though. read the comics, it like supersedes everything. Yeah, that'll teach you not to stick your nose at other people's business. Yeah, we never even really find out what this guy's deal is. He must be super strong to go toe to toe with Malcolm. Dude, well, here's the sequence. Yeah. Like, check it out. The cashier is Popeye, and right. he's not. This is why I say everyone knows Malcolm doesn't need a mask. Malcolm's in there without a mask. Popeye doesn't have a problem with it. Then Malcolm's outside with his bag. The the cashier, Popeye, has knocked this Bluto dude through the wall. Oh, wait. No. No, you got no, it wrong. No, this is no I got it fight. wrong. Brown pants. You're right. Bluto knocked the wimpy guy through yeah, the wall. There you go. Is also, he a friend of yours? Also, John okay. Day is there. Yeah, which is great. John Day made an appearance. <laughs> well, then, okay, you're right. I'm not this quite is, sure. This is just a fist fight a dragon walked into. <laughs> Although, no, it's nothing. Never mind. 
I do love the gag. Uh, the gag, the overall gag of the strip is what's great. All right, this is why it's the best. Not only is this a great fist fight, and I wasn't expecting really fights in this issue, but I mean, goddamn, if you're gonna do it, do it in Popeye, right? Not only was this a great fight, full of great drawings, but the gag is funny too, where he forgot the milk <laughs> because of the fight. Yeah. I, I also like how he calls Maxine Olive Pit. Yeah. What oh, is it, Olive yeah. Pit? Oh, and, he call, and she calls him Pop Rocks. <laughs> and and Sockeye, yeah. yeah. Uh, Where's the milk, so, Sockeye? So, so this, this is... <laughs> so th- how much Popeye did you watch as a kid, dude? <laughs> Too much, dude. Too much. So the interesting thing about I think about this page is, this is not really, I think, a Sunday's page. This is uh-huh. like a regular weekly page, or well, there's four of them instead of five. Because when you read these, do you guys read them as like one big thing, or did you read this as like three panels one day, three panels next day? Because when I read, no, when I, I read this, I read it. Does this make sense as a single day? And then, and I think that Eric really nails that pacing here as well, where you could read this one strip, and then read this strip, and then read this strip, and so on. At least... I read it as one big thing. Okay. But that's just me. 10 out of 10, dude. Yes. And <laughs> to name it Rumble Theater is even that's genius. Because, you know, Thimble Theater. Yeah. So, man, when the stars align in this issue, the stars align. Dude, even this next one, Doom Bunker? <laughs> This was my personal favorite. It's good. Because I felt like it, it nailed it, too. I mean, he nailed all of them. Yeah. But he super honest. nailed this one. He super nailed. With, God damn, he's get, got that Doonesbury. And got the political make, make, stuff. Make it, making so Johnson good. look like Doonberry is so brilliant. <laughs> yes. And having dude. him stick his head yeah. out the door the same way. <laughs> yes, dude. It's, it's so perfect. It's so good, dude. Oh yeah, and and again, just the everybody in Dewberry does look tired and old, and like you know William and Rita, just looking the, like the fucking... tiredest and oldest. <laughs> we do get a little uh, bit. Of, we do get a little bit of um de- development here too. Apparently, yeah. uh, um, Rita got caught up in that freakout cloud. Yeah, no well, longer dub- giantess. We get double development. Rita got depowered in Chicago's uh, freakout like blanket, but on top of that, Trump's alien ban got overturned. Right, which also explains how dragons in Chicago. Right. So that's kind of a surprise. Although it is, that's a huge surprise. Because basically, that frees up characters to cross the border again. Yeah, because that was the whole reason why a lot of the cast didn't want to be in America was the alien ban. It's interesting that Johnson doesn't remember Paul, because while Johnson was not star, he was merged with Paul, if I remember correctly. And even though this, uh, wait, hold on, yeah, this is this is Johnson, right? What, what's his full name again? William Johnson. W- William, yeah. This particular yeah. William Johnson of the Savage World did not experience merging with Dragon in the Image Universe. He Correct. should he should he have did. those memories. Oh, this one, yeah. yeah he never right, did right. that because that whole situation never happened. Right. 
But he should at least have the memories of that. Right. And that would make me think he would have the memories of William Johnson from the Paul universe as well. So it's interesting that he does not remember Paul. Um, not to get too in the weeds with this line of thought, but do you think it is because... Oh, wait, no, William Johnson didn't die. What the hell? No. What What am I thinking? No, never mind. I was going to say because he, he was... Well, wait a minute. Didn't original Image Universe... Hold on, this is what I was thinking. Original Image Universe got destroyed by a Universo. Yes. Okay, this this, this yeah. is what I was thinking. So when the people merged, um, it wasn't like everything uh, that ever existed happened. When the people merged, it had to be people merging for the memories to Interesting. Merge. I hadn't thought about that. I'm trying to think of what might contradict that. So if William Johnson was dead, eaten by Universo then it stands to reason that this William Johnson wouldn't have that memory. He's only got his memories up until he was eaten. So the universe, right. the, yeah, so you would have had to have been alive at the time in the other universe before the merge? I That's what I'm wondering, if that's what's going on here. Hmm. Because basically, I, I the way I the, thought it... No, I don't I know. No, 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 no. So. Jennifer had Sue memories, and Sue was definitely dead. Oh, and Dragon was dead, and Paul has Dragon memories. Yeah, but they were alive at the same time when the merge happened. Dra- oh, okay. Dragon yeah. didn't blow up until after the merge. Okay, you're right, you're right. 100% But yeah, correct. the Sue Sorry. thing does track with Sue being dead. Okay. You're. It's not people merging as much history. as history. History is merging. merging. It just seems a little strange, you know, that your memories would merge even though you were dead. Right. And that kind of seems like what may be why William doesn't... But it, what's funny, too, is like... it's. Yeah, because it's your reality, so he remembers everything before he dies. Well, wait a minute. Hold on here, guys. It's not even necessarily... Oh, I don't even remember you. Never mind. What the fuck am I talking about? Yeah, that's the weird <laughs> part, is that he doesn't remember Paul at all when he has a direct counterpart. Right. So that's odd. Right. Well, maybe we'll find out. Maybe it's actually, it seems weird, and it's like some kind of plot thing we're yeah. not seeing. Or maybe it was um, just so long ago and he doesn't re- literally does not remember. Because it could be a background memory thing. Maybe he remembered, but then forgot. Yeah, uh, they did say, there. there is actually a line of dialogue that says, uh, I think Malcolm says, uh, some of your memories just fade away. Yeah. Or the memories you didn't live just fade away. Yeah. Yeah, so there is actually a line of dialogue to acknowledge why that line of dialogue could actually explain why William doesn't remember him. I also think when you're merging so many different realities, things just get mixed up. Yeah, Yeah. it's just a mess. There could have been a whole bunch of realities that we don't even hear about. And I'm sure it's also like, is my mind playing tricks on me? Did this actually happen? Or am I thinking it happened? Or it's got to be like crazy confusing. Yeah. Uh, What's this I owe back taxes? Is that a reference to something I should know? Am I sleeping on something? What's that a reference to? Plus, you know, I, I owe think back a, I think that's a Doomsbury-ism. Okay, okay, okay. Just, I something, mean, I, I, just something to say political? Right. Yeah, I kind of thought maybe that's what it was, but yeah. Life isn't a bed of roses. I owe back taxes is a good political punchline. It's because, like, Rita's de- she's giving the actual Savage Dragon kind of plot development, and then he's making a political joke. I owe right. back taxes. That's probably all it is. Okay, okay. So do you guys think that the Krillians kind of beamed him into, like, 
William's body. I, 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 I think that's how it happened. I, unless it's not how it happened, but that's the way during the interview with Eric, that's kind of how he implied it. How you took so it. So yeah. they were, he was beamed directly into Johnson. Then later Fonte separated them, which is said here. Right. I do want to say just as a closer on this page, um, I think that the genius of this, and I'm not going to give away the end because the end is kind of like, whoa, but the genius of this is that the last panel feels like just a Doonesbury, uh, a Doonesbury like kind of political joke, like there's stormtroopers and there's the president and everything else. But then tying in the whole Black Lives Matter police brutality thing is kind of genius foreshadowing for the end of the issue. Yeah. It's it's cool. I'm just saying I, I wasn't expecting that of this issue. For this this issue is both it's salutes to the funnies, yeah. But it also very much functions and flows like a normal Savage Dragon issue. Absolutely. Very impressed. Except for Box Snot, which is probably the weakest of the bunch. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, art-wise it's perfect, but not much happens yeah. here, right? Yeah, it's just the kids having a fun time. Um, I guess I guess Maxine saying what again means Malcolm's Randy. Well, that's what I think. So is he hold is he holding his wiener? Maybe. <laughs> I, I will say that uh, again that I hadn't thought of that, Jim. It's funny you thought of that, and I didn't. Well, it's just that she does she what is she what is she talking to? What is she responding to? The only thing that makes sense. <laughs> You're is right. That, is that you want sex again? Yeah. Um, I will say that that would be twice in this. So there's uh, the Rex Melvin, and then yeah, that's actually another opportunity of Maxine sort of turning down like frisky business. I, I don't know so. if she turned it down. Or well, you're, they are in the bedroom in the in the next panel, so I suppose so. Um, I will say it's kind of cool to have a story with Tyrone as the like main thread. Uh huh. He doesn't usually get as much like to do. I find as Amy seems to get the most, but Jack seems to get the second most. With Maddie even coming up. Oh yeah, more. yeah, yeah. With Maddie, yeah, exactly. Well, here's a cool thing, and I'm sort of, I was joking, because, I mean, I'm just joking around on, this Foxtrot is actually really, like, of course it's funny, and it's actually spot-on style-wise, but it's kind of cool, do you think, like, Jack, being a pretty young kid, being smart enough to fix a video game controller? You mean Tyrone? We getting a, Tyrone, Jesus. You think Tyrone's kind of, we're getting a little foreshadowing on, like, his character? He does like, machines. He maybe, yeah. Is he maybe smarter, you know? Oh, Maybe. Like, yeah. he becomes, like, the Donatello of these four ninja, teenage ninja dragons. dragons. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying, it'd be cool It'd be cool if that was developed. It would be cool. That's a cool point. I, I think also, all of his siblings have inherited their grandfather's assholeness. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I was just, uh... It's better. You know what? Talking to you guys, I actually like this better than I initially did. But like, I still feel like it's the, oh, week, yeah. the weakest. Oh well, yeah. No, actually, the the next one is my weakest one. Yeah. Really? I, didn't, I thought it was pretty I funny. It, yeah. 
and well drawn. Yeah. yeah, I'll tell you guys, I'm not going to lie, Foxtrot's not my bag. Foxtrot, so, Foxtrot's weird because in the early, like, or in the late 90s, early 2000s, it was like a super popular for kind of being kind of cutting edge. Really? Yeah, yeah cuz it was st- it was it was a new comic strip with a focus on like modern day. So, you know, it and it had kind of almost um uh, how do I phrase this? It it it, w- it felt kind of young and hip compared to a lot of the other stuff that was its contemporaries. Yikes. I missed that entirely, really? dude. Yeah, I mean, which I'm not a big strip Sunday funny dude. And it got old really lot A lot of like early web comic artists Foxtrot was like a jumping off point for them. Weird. They all they all cite Foxtrot as like being a, a huge influence of going into web comics. Weird. I'm an early web comic artist, dude, and I don't know that at all. Holy shit, dude! That's weird. Okay, but, well, but uh, but uh, going back to my uh, old point about how like um, in newspapers they would like cut off the top line of a of a of a, of a Sunday strip. You're Fo- right. That's why Fo- that's why Foxtrot always did these big, like banners, yeah, because they can be discarded without losing anything. You're right. Yeah, that fits the format. Man, Jim, I'm glad you brought that up, dude. That brings an extra layer of appreciation for this whole thing that like I wouldn't have had. Jim is like a fun Sunday funny scholar. He I wouldn't, is, I wouldn't say that. I just have an interest. I am. Uh, I am sure pure do. casual. <laughs> No way, dude. No way. Surface, I've seen your reading list. Surface level. He's reading Gavin Level's amounts of comics these days. It's insane. Like, oh, he'll update his oh Twitter God, thing. No. Re- Gavin has read twice as many comics as I have in the last six months. And I've been out yeah. of work. But you're a product of the American education system, so I forgive it. I'm saying it's not fair. It's not a fair comparison. To Gavin, Yes. What is this a parody of? Because this, this, this is a strip I have never seen before. Me either, but I recognize the art style. I mean, I don't know what it is, but I recognize the art style. So it's clearly a well-known strip. It's this this is Tumbleweeds. Tumbleweeds, huh? Which ran for a long time. Yeah, I mean, I recognize and the art. If I was reading up on like the wiki... It says Jim Davis was the the cartoonist Ryan whatever his name is Ryan Tom Ryan his assistant from <laughs> 1969 to 78. Holy shit, dude! Jim Davis was an assistant on this. This guy had a 42 year run. 42 year run. Goddamn legend! Wow, if, if, you're blowing my which, mind. The art style is funny. It reminds me almost like what's the um. What's the which strip is the old married couple? Oh, like, not the Foghorns. Lock, no, no, Lockhorns. Lockhorns. It kind of looks like that in certain aspects, like or Andy Cap with like Mighty Man. Mighty face. Man is like real Don Simpson to his face to me. Yeah, he's got uh, Mighty Man's got some Andy Cap going on. I can see it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I really like the style. Yeah, me too. I think it's pretty cool looking. Barbaric looks freaking cool. Oh, dude, he's hilarious looking. All the Freak Force guys are kind of neat. I'm really glad we got to see him. I honestly wasn't expecting to see the reservation in this issue. Well, and the thing, too, is Tumbleweeds was about 
like a Native American. It's, it was about the American frontier, so it was like cowboys and Indians and stuff. So it kind of makes oh, sense. Oh, it's funny. Yeah, that makes it like like a lot more sense. I think that the, the um, humor is good too on this. It's yeah, it's funny. Yeah, I like it. It's like sharp. Yeah, he he's sort of like it's kind of like you almost think he's like being risque, and he's like, "Nah, I'm just fucking with you. It's a noise, dude. <laughs> Don't worry." Yeah, it re- it reminds me almost like the same type of character. Have you guys read Kirkman's new Firepower? I've not read it, read it yet. Comic. No, not yet. He plays that same. Well, it's that kind of cliche role of like the old mentor who's kind of hip. Okay, Mister Miyagi. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what this kind of chief here kind of plays, which I like. I like those kind of characters. And it's funny because you're talking about plot progression. Like, this is more, this is not just a throwaway gag. I mean, technically, we we could have met, like, Chief Renfeather could be a character going forward. Like, there's no reason to believe he wouldn't be. So isn't it kind of funny that this could be this character's first appearance and this is how he looks? Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because they are based on the reservation. Right. I, I just do think, I think it's funny how he's, like, kind of, getting on barbaric to like living up a stereotypes and he's like you know barbaric sounds like savage and he's like your skin is red and he's like what you know, what can i do about my skin and he's like i oh, just messing with you. <laughs> it's just a noise dude don't worry about it <laughs> it's good yeah i like this i didn't know what it was based on but i do like it and i was happy to see uh freak force too you know super patriot you know maybe and this is the thing we haven't talked about much but maybe he was just a little too far style-wise to work. I don't know this comic, so I don't know the style, but I'm just saying, dude, there's not many Sunday funnies, like art styles that could sell like a cybernetic, like, like gun arm dude. You know what I mean? I love Ricochet. Yeah, that's so good. <laughs> I still can't. I, I think Barbaric was one of the coolest looking characters in this issue. Yeah. Yeah, he really, he's got a really hilarious, like, really sells it. Then we got, like we got it. the style that we knew he would really kill. We knew he would slay it. Yeah. We, he, he's he got this one. It's as dialed in as Jack Kirby, dude. <laughs> Perfect. I, I, I loved it. I loved it. I knew he was going to do a good job with this, of course. I was a little bummed in the in a way. Like I, I'm glad he did it, but I was thought you know he already kind of did an issue like this. It would have been nice for room for like another style. But, but th- this is, is good. more like because the, the 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 Savage Little Dragon stuff. I don't think he really went in for the water uh, Waterson style as much. He just kind of went with the Waterson layout. Right. This is way more in style. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I. I Absolutely. love Walter because he's just yeah. slightly off-brand Hobbs, but just on that cusp where he's his own unique character. And <laughs> I especially love the the final, like when Max when Maxine walks into the room and we see what he really looks like. Right. I yeah. love that. Yeah, dude, the Tiger Man. And what's Jim and I were were discussing this a few days back, mm-hmm. and it, it's like a reverse Hobbs. Yeah. Where she sees like the silly make believe version and really he's like this fucking scary thing. Whereas in Calvin and Hobbes it's the reverse, you know, like 
he sees him as almost a real object and he's just a stuffy oh it's funny well do you think walter can talk uh well even yeah, he is a I beast so. man you can see he's got human hands right um and I, human legs like for sure actually it'd be cool if he couldn't yeah but. exactly could buffalo stew could talk so yeah. technically we know beast men can if they not i don't think every beast man is talked but Buffalo Stew could talk all the time. So technically, we didn't see it here. But like, if Walter shows up again, he could totally talk, dude. You know, it would be awesome too if Walter does become a regular it character. Would be great. It's almost like like CC Beck's tiger guy. Yeah. You know, like it's like oh, Savage Dragon has it a would tiger be great man character. If it retained this the the dual like perception thing yeah yes because the thing about hobbs isn't that he's a toy that comes to life it's all about perspective calvin Mm -hmm. sees hobbs as this and everyone else sees hobbs as this wait whoa hobbs is not real i'm just kidding dude stuff (laughs) shut up i'm just kidding but a lot of people make the mistake of hobbs is imaginary or hobbs is a toy that comes to life that's not what hobbs is about hobbs is about how you perceive him yeah, his imagination. It's a well, child's he's imagination. Not, he's not even imagination. It's see, this is in the tenth anniversary book. It's it's spelled out. Oh, Hobbes is not a figment of Calvin's imagination. He's not an imaginary friend. Calvin sees Hobbes as this character. It is oh, it, sure. it is yeah, real dude. to Calvin. Oh, weird. Imaginary friend makes way more sense. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> All right, Bill Watterson, you're the boss. <laughs> hmm. I wasn't expecting this Finn cast to ruin Calvin and Hobbes, but that's quite a turn. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> the truth is always told. In but it, one right. thing about this is it kind of interesting. It seems like Maddie knows. Wait, no, is this Amy? No, oh, it is Amy. Uh, it seems like Amy, yeah. it seems like Amy knows Walter. They've maybe they've maybe yeah. talked before. Like they've talked before. Also, yeah. yeah. Like I think it's established that they're friends. yeah they're friends. Yeah. Like they yeah, and that's interesting. Just because we never saw that. Like when right. would they have met? Well, I think it's it's the same thing. Like obviously, like um, uh, Maxine doesn't know about right. It. So. It's all off panel. Yeah. I mean, they could have met any time. I mean, think about when they just had... We saw the one adventure they had in the junkyard, and there was, like, that dog, that humanoid dog guy. You know right. that's, a good po- that's a good I point. Mean, I guess they did have that whole adventure away from the family. Well, they go and play in the scrapyard because it's the only place they can go without, like, destroying yeah. buildings. Oh, and, and of course, also, there's a whole running gag here about... Basically, Amy is trying to turn him into Talkie Tawny. Right. And he he's having none of it. I like that he is uh, uh, worried that the other animal men will shame him. <laughs> but uh, the talking about the uh, Amy knowing him thing, that's also the strip is playing off of your knowledge of Calvin and Hobbes. Right. Like the whole time you're seeing Walter and Amy interacting, you're thinking imaginary friend. And then, of course, the punchline is, you know, he's not imaginary at all. Like they do know each other and they have seen each other before. And so it's kind of like you learn with the readers, like you learn with Maxine, the readers learn with Maxine that this is not just some imaginary friend. This is a real tiger. So I, I will yeah. say, why are you always up in my grill is kind of an odd thing for her to say. 
Little kids always say weird. She must have heard it on TV. Yeah. Yeah. And didn't Calvin love TV? Kinda. And and again, Maxine with no pants on. Yeah, Yeah, no pants Maxine, dude. Um, It is so hilarious. Walter's dialogue about a tawdry wench from that viral video. Yeah. That is so funny, dude. Are you looking to get killed? You trying to get me killed? You looking to get killed? So good, dude. He nailed it. He nailed the dialogue on this. Like, of course he nailed the art. But, dude, this could have been written by Watterson. This is perfect. I wonder if he's seen it. I don't know. He should, damn it. We had, It's worth bringing up. This is the perfect place to bring it up. Maybe the only place. There's that theory that, like, uh, maybe he did see Calvin and Hobbes. I mean, uh, maybe Watterson did see Savage Dragon. Yeah. Because after the, like... Oh, uh, right. Yeah, yeah. That, that one that one Sunday strip. Yeah, Calvin's reading the violin. She's like, turn that TV off and do some reading. And he reads the comic and the hero guy gets blown, a big hole blown. There's in. a bunch of very overt references that could be, like, early Savage Dragon issues. Yeah. Well, the guy has a giant fin There's on that too. And, too. And it yeah. came out like night, and it came out, <laughs> it came out, the strip came out in like 94. And of course, right. Savage Dragon came out in 92. So the timeline adds up. Yeah. It, and one of the biggest selling yeah. comics. Yeah. Million seller. And on top of that, that was, it's so easy to forget, but Savage Dragon was one of the like beginning ultra violent comics. Like, now ultraviolence is everywhere in North America, but, like, man, Savage Dragon was one of the first that was just like, holy shit, dude, he's on a spike, he's in a pool of blood, like, that shit was mind-blowing at the time, so, yeah, he's got to have read it. I don't know if he reads it now, but, dude, he's got to have read it in the past. (laughs) So, we come to Dick Tasty. (laughs) This is a little heavy-handed. You say heavy-handed, I say not heavy-handed enough. I think he nailed it. I'm going to say, I'll give you the full range and say he strike the right balance. I believe that Frank Jr. would kneel. Yeah, of course. But I think it's... I yeah, think I it's, do too. I don't know. I think it's a little easy to say Frank is one of the quote-unquote good ones. Why? Just because... <laughs> I mean, obviously he's a good cop. He's a good character. I don't know. It's just... In the current climate, I mean, are there good cops? I mean, here's I the mean, thing, yes. dude. Yes, there are. You have to say that there are. However, it's just a complicated situation that good cops are part of a corrupt system. And so, yes, they are implicit when they comply with corrupt things, you know? But at the same time, like, Frank's probably in his Okay, not to get too personal, but I actually literally know a cop who is a black cop and he had to in the real world and he had to deal with like protesters yelling in his face and stuff being like, what are you doing? You know, you traitor, you know, you're turning your back on everyone. Like, Oh, what are you even doing? And it really fucked with him. I'm saying he really had a huge moral struggle. It was really hard for him to deal with that. At the end of the day, he thought he is just doing more good as a cop than he could. If he just quit, you know what I'm saying? So, it's complex. This is, this is what's, here's the thing. All right. What's nice about this is not only is this one of the most shocking, like, plot progressions in the whole issue, 
But to be honest, I just wasn't expecting this issue to have any, like, hot anything. You know what I mean? I thought right. this was just going to be a woohoo fun time. Slide whistle. Sh- yeah. But, like, goddamn, this one brought it way the fuck down to real life, dude. And murderous Dick Tracy is quite the character, if I do say so myself. And and also Frank's fucking life is in question here. Like, yeah. who the fuck knows, right? I mean, did he, he get brained, like, brain dead? Like, getting a fucking gun to the back of your head till you're bleeding out of your head is pretty serious, dude. So, and Frank's... Yeah, also, does it mean if, if you know, if he comes out of this unscathed, does that mean he quits the force? Right. Will he be free to go to Canada? Or will, I mean, uh, honest to goodness, like, rip from the headlines. Like, the old man that was bleeding out of his head, he's wheelchair-bound. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, so my I'm big worry saying, is that he's alive, but he's, like, got brain damage. Yes, dude. Yeah. And so then that puts Malcolm in a my blood freak out situation, but they don't have it that anymore. Do they? No. There's, so there's no easy out for this unless they can get him help in time. So who knows? But I, I like the little hand held recording yeah. device. <laughs> well, that caption. was a, that was a common thing because I believe you, you would see yeah. that pointed at his wrist communicator all the time. Yeah. yeah like little contraptions and stuff. Yeah, Dick Tracy had the two way wristwatch, which, uh, was hilariously futuristic at the time, and now is like we got FaceTime watches. I think was was futuristic for decades. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I think. Um, I'm going to put praises. This is the weakest in terms of homages. Dick Tracy yeah, I, and I, I the agree. other cop next to him look pretty good, but everybody else just kind of looks like Larson. I don't know if that's just a challenge yeah. of. Um, they just having very similar styles ultimately, but I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that maybe it's not even similar styles as we talked about it in the interview. It's possible I just don't know Dick Tracy, but it's possible that that artist didn't provide a lot of samples of like you know African American characters. Very likely. And so when you're confronted with that situation, what do you do? Because it's not going to look on model really at that point. And there's actually twice in this issue. I don't think Maxine is very off model in the Rex uh, in the dentist story. That's I true. Yeah. I think Maxine is also very Eric Larson in that. But but, but she also like... looks a lot more quote unquote realistic, which is the style of Rex yeah. Morgan. She she okay. doesn't do any of the cartoon I... faces she's known for. She's she's this is like what she would look like if she was in her like realistic form all the time. Do you think, and we're only supposing, but do you think given the, like, sort of serious tone here that maybe he thought it'd be in bad taste? Maybe. Because uh, it just, he doesn't have the, the line weight, I feel like. Yeah, it's they're drawn completely different. Like, look at the profile of, like, uh, you know, the Dick Tracy character, and then, like, look at everyone like, else. Yeah. Um, I just feel like. Yeah. When he said he was right. doing Dick Tracy, I just kind of assumed he was going to do that whole weird-headed, weird-faced-looking guys, because... That's Dick Tracy, freak, right? Freak faces. Yeah, that was the thing, is you'd have guys with, like, water fountain, water faucets for noses and gu- guns for yeah, eyes. Flat top and shit like yeah. that. Flat top. Yeah, everyone knows him. Yeah, you ever see that movie? That The Disney movie? 
Warren Beatty. That, yeah, when I was young, that movie was like the biggest thing when Fuck that yeah, came dude. out. Like they were that, trading I cards. Was, I was watched like so, so I much watched excitement that back at the beginning of COVID. Here, that is a really bad the, movie, but it is a perfect <laughs> yeah. movie. It's really well shot. I haven't seen it since I it first saw it, so I don't know. It is a cartoon come to life that yeah, doesn't colors, make it a yeah. good movie. They they did the colors, yeah, the primary type colors on yeah, purpose. The use of color in that is incredible. I would compare it to the Popeye movie in the similar <laughs> similar vein where the, it's not a good movie. Yeah. Well, that's kind of like the style of a lot of like those comic strict movies too where there was like so... Like, 80s and 90s, it was like, we're going to try to make this look like a comic strip come to life, you know, and we got to make the colors look like this. Yeah. And It was a weird time when they were doing it, stuff like The Shadow and The Phantom and yeah, Dick Tracy. Yeah. and It's really weird because, like, uh, I know we were just talking. It was so funny. I was just talking. It's weird. There's weird serendipity to everything. Like my roommate just watched Dick Tracy, and, oh, yeah. and like he was he was talking about like the colors and everything, and I was talking to him about. It, I said I feel like um, before CGI, like when they had to lean into like performances and sets and costumes a whole lot more to sell yeah. a film, it was kind of like closer to theater than it is now. Yeah, and so you could see almost like the mindset where it's like, oh, this is a comic. Well, big flat primary colors, and you know shit like that so it's kind of but i also feel like some of that stuff holds on but like it stands the test of time better than like in terms of sets and stuff like that versus cgi oh, yeah sure well that's the thing is like jim just said he watched it and it was a bad movie but it looked good yeah it was bloated too long some plot lines were goofy madonna yeah. starred in it that, that 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 human rubber mask she wears <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> what was she was Breathless Mahoney, but who was the character? Blank face or Yes, blank face. She was blank face. <laughs> or whoever. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know, dude. It's uh this strip here to me worked. Yes. I was very shocked. Uh I wasn't expecting this. I wasn't prepared for it at didn't, all. Didn't he also say his kid came up with the name? Dick Tasty? I think so. <laughs> I think it was I this one. Know. I don't remember that. That is about as good as you could do as a parody. I mean, what else would you do, right? Unless it was Box Knot. Those are both Box. good names. Uh, yeah, I also uh, think the little Crime Swappers textbook. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, he really, what's funny is he leans into that crooked cop thing and this whole thing. And, and that Crime Stopper th- uh, that crime swapper text box is straight out of Dick Tracy. He would do those. Uh, you would get those in those in the su- in the Sunday spreads all the time. Again, another one of those easily discarded chunks. I bet you. I'm just guessing, but I bet you this pisses off so many people. Oh sure. I I yeah. just I can this sometimes Eric does something and you know it's gonna fucking flip people the fuck out. I bet this makes people so goddamn it. Oh, it's going to, f- you know who is going to flip out. Yeah, like. dude, of course. But but here's the thing is it's more even handed than you think because Frank is a good cop, clearly. Like, so it's not saying like this strip even acknowledges like, you know, there's good cops, but like, yeah, you got fucking crooked yeah. cops, you know. Ingenious to give the Dick Tracy character like the ball yeah. in there just to separate. <laughs> also to make him a fascist. 
Yeah. <laughs> There's never a superhero around when you need one, is there? <laughs> so evil, dude. He's such a prick. And, Yikes. And then we, we get a we get a blondie strip for the final page. And Maxine turning down a chance to be saucy one more time. I'm telling you, dude, three... You're trying to make this into a thing. It's not no, a thing. It is even. a thing. It totally is a thing. <laughs> it totally is a thing. I'm just saying. Because Malcolm goes up and has a sexy time with strippers, uh, as a stripper, and uh, he comes downstairs and she's like, go to sleep. <laughs> that is true, though. It, it is weird of Maxine, because she would be the one to be jumping in the middle of it, and she's not. That's out of character. That is true. Just saying. I mean. Like, since when would she turn that down? Interpret it how you will, my dudes. Hmm. You never know. Hey, quarantine could be doing it. Who knows? And again, Malcolm looks like a great Dagwood stand-in, facial-wise. Right. Uh, Not so much body type, but what you gonna do? Um, But Maxine doesn't, Maxine doesn't seem as Blondie-esque. In fact, there's a blondie at the at the party. Yeah. Door. Yeah, I that's difficult to make an Asian woman look like blondie, you know, like to, to different just different styles. Like it wouldn't look Dude, right. Dude, I'm telling you, I'm gonna share that Garfield strip when this issue comes out. And you're gonna see like what what's the Jim Davis Asian character? There is none. It's now, like right. see what I mean? So it's just like sometimes your style is just like thwarting you like you're copying this dude that just didn't do those things you know what i mean so you got to try to find a body and hair and just do your own face or something yeah maybe match lips or something like in that very first panel and that second panel his lips are like very blondy but then it's like yeah you know he's got to draw her angry and uh, i think he did good as good as he could you know also yeah all right i'm gonna i'm gonna get personal for a second uh-oh. So. Here we go. How do I even phrase this? Uh-oh. Blondie female characters are incredibly busty. And I don't <laughs> think these characters are as busty as Blondie characters can be. <laughs> you know what? You're not wrong. They are drawn with the hourglass. It is kind of the cliche Blondie hourglass figure. Yeah. Uh, good, Jim. I'm glad you made that point, not me. Everyone would expect it from me. Also, yeah, I know little Jimmy rubs it out. Well, I'm not going to say I never did. <laughs> <laughs> Sinful Sunday. A- a- any port in a storm or whatever they say. <laughs> uh, <laughs> classic, dude. It's perfect. I think uh, yeah. Angry Malcolm is a great panel, uh, both in the bam, 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 and the yelling at the upstairs. Like, those are just really solid. I like the panel when he's getting tugged yeah. down by the ear. Just the, the body motion. Now I'm awake and engorged. <laughs> engorged? Go to sleep, corporate. <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> what are you talking about, Malcolm? What orifice on you is engorged? <laughs> hey. His, his, his penis. State Fair Zucchini. <laughs> so good, dude. It's funny. 
I love it. This was good for me. Um, yeah, I, I think this was good too. Uh, my my weakest link was Vox Snot, but it was still good, especially after we talked it over. I liked it more. I um, my least favorite probably was the same. Yeah, I'm. I I hate Kathy's style, but it was a good. I'm going to stick with Running Bear as my least favorite. I I think it has some good uh, artistry. I just don't think it's very good. Really? I can't believe that. That's like my one of my favorites. It's crazy. I love um, it. I definitely would like more. Wouldn't it be great yeah. if like you dedicated two pages to funnies every issue? <laughs> I mean, look or we got some rejects yeah. that were used. I'd love some rejects, Greg. Dude, I would fucking love... Because you know he went... Well, he said in the interview that he went through a ton. And I would love some rejects. Just to see some of the... Like, just to maybe see some of those sketches. Maybe that would be a great, like, sketchbook back backup filler. Yes, dude. Yeah. Dude, I thought for sure we were going to get a Thor Hagar <laughs> based on 250s-ish. Maybe. That would have worked. That would have worked. That would have really worked. Or Hagar, however you say it. Eh, close enough. Sammy Hagar the Horrible, yes. <laughs> I knew that's what you were doing, dude. <laughs> oh, it's good. I would, yeah, I would, I would welcome another one of these. Uh, as hard as it was for him, I bet he's done forever. Yeah. But I, I would welcome another one of these in a heartbeat. And I think, I think there's yeah. other stuff he could do, too. But, yeah, holy shit balls, mommy. What a, what a great. What a great issue. Yeah, what a great treat. And I will say that I, I love, oh boy, um, so funny, but, you know, we fight this fight on Savage Dragon as Savage Dragon fans. The whole is Savage Dragon porn now fight all the time. Constantly it comes up. And uh, I love that I scrolled down the comics. I just like to hurt myself, Johnny Cash style, you know, to see if I still feel, to see if I feel the pain. I scrolled down the comics <laughs> on the uh, fucking uh preview on uh, cbr or one of those websites or whatever and somebody was like this was their reaction to seeing the preview pages of this they said wow they said this looks incredible they said i had heard savage dragon was porn a few years back but i guess he's moved away from that now whatever you feel one way or the other i it's not important to this moment what i'm saying is what's cool is that this is a experiment he did that where it was art styles it immediately like deterred that it immediately like shut people down like hey guys look you know there's a lot going on like savage dragon is kind of a weird fun book like so i don't know i'm just saying bravo this fucking experiment i think it's gonna turn heads i think it's gonna really kind of like fuck with the notions that a lot of people have the mis misconceptions a lot of people have about savage dragon like i think this is going to be a really strong issue to just help the book you know what i mean yeah yeah that and it advances the story it's still fun like he he just he poured his heart into it and it shows yeah. it, it, it had to be so difficult oh lord dude again imagine you're drawing a page normally you can knock out like one and a half a day I think he said he can do two a day if he has to, or something two and a half, or something crazy. But like, if you're doing this, you got to reference every panel, and you've got to be funny in a tone that matches the strip. Right. 
Yeah. Matching art styles, like funny, matching like writing style, like, oof. Very impressive. I'll, I'll be interested to see what kind of reviews it gets. Oh, yeah. Cannot wait, dude. Jim, you got any lingering thoughts? You've been silent for a second. No, I got nothing else. I'm, uh, I'm spent. Huh? Well, we still got a little bit to chew on because oh, our oh, friend. I got one stupid thought. Oh, lay it on us. I, I, I love Ma- stupid I think, thoughts. I think the Maxine strip should have been called Maxi. Oh, you know what? I was going to. So glad you said that. All right. So check it out. I don't love piglets as a name. No. Okay. What would you guys have called it? Ooh. I was thinking uh, wee nuts. Hmm. What? Because they're wee nuts. They're like nutty. Little. Oh. Uh, yeah, that's a tough one. I don't think there's any real good. Yeah. That was literally the only one. The rest are genius. Doom Bunker, Rumble Theater. What is Box Snot a reference or an allusion to? I don't think. Yeah, nothing anything. really. I don't... I think kids are snotty. Maybe. I think that was a, that was just one of the ones he tried to struggle with and just threw a sound alike up. I almost want to say it would sound better if it was called Snotbox. <laughs> that works for me. It's got to rhyme with. Fox yeah, it doesn't have to rhyme. It just has to invoke. I mean, piglets doesn't rhyme with peanuts. I mean, hell, angel doesn't even rhyme. It isn't honestly, angel's kind of clunky as a Kathy replacement. But but well, it's, it's just the name. name, yeah. It catches the spirit, like you said. Dick Tasty is good. That's Dick Tasty's real shit. good. Running bears, nothing like weeds. Next, vicious circle rising. I just love the little text under the. <laughs> just doesn't really like you know fit. Yeah, you know? <laughs> it's all old school yeah. looking. Tune in next time for Vicious Circle Rising. <laughs> um, so, and now an ad for wheat cakes. <laughs> Don't forget to buy war bonds and support the troops. Don't forget your oval team. <laughs> war bonds. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> uh, the new series of phonograph. <laughs> Did you know cutting back on chewing gum can help our boys across the sea? We use the rubber in our planes and engines. <laughs> All right, we use Tootsie Roll as a meal replacement. <laughs> it brings you energy. Ask your doctor to finish out your day. <laughs> All right, we should probably talk about E3 in real quick and wrap this up. Right, Let's save us from ourselves, dude. We can't quit this old timey newscast. It's too fun. It's too fun. <laughs> oh, um, this is uh. Pyrite Gorge in Arizona, and uh, again Frank getting to shine uh, with these um, building shots and architecture and background—just uh, really fun stuff, dudes. Look at the uh, Starship Enterprise uh, wind chime in the like nerd layer. Yep. Oh yeah, oh, it's, like, it, it's a it's like a. Uh, it's not a it's a, not a wind chime. What am I saying? It's like a mobile. mobile. Yeah, mobile. mobile. There you go. Yep. Yep. Very good. Good words, Craig. Good words. Yeah, those fancy We're going to have a thesaurus here in a minute when we have uh, puessence. <laughs> but uh, anyway, we pick up where the last issue ended, and uh, Zakora has landed on Earth, 
at this yeah, uh, at this uh, ra- uh, this deep space radio telescope lab. Just goes starts murdering people. The fourth lint is mine at last. <laughs> it's just how I hear him. I can't help he's it. A, he's a he's a he's a Cobra Commander Starscream to you. <laughs> yeah, all of Etria will bow. <laughs> um, this is good, dude. I love this panel of him. Just the energy, just like raining off of him as they're like. Kirby crackle. Yeah, they're from the floor, like, looking up, like, terrified. And he just zaps the fucking and, dude, you know? The guy just talks, and it, like, he's like... Just, well, uh, he, he he thinks he's still on his own right, planet. Because right. he's addressing these guys as if they're the guys he was just fighting. You're not facing. <laughs> What's this? <laughs> For Zach. We get the, the um... The Chris Eliopoulos lettering too, mm. left from back in the day, which you'll see in a lot of the sound effects. Kind of very nice, dude. Evokes some good memories. We get a little body horror as he uh, turns this uh, satellite station, uh, which is incredibly logical. What's so funny is what bad luck for them. He turns this into a conduit to channel energy from the powerhouse to him now. So he's making a new powerhouse. Yeah. And it's like, a, so it's like a, he's siphoning the juice off of his, uh, of the old powerhouse. And like the scene of the, like one dude getting like, sort of like molded into the technology. Kind of horrific. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty yeah. awesome. Kind of cool. Like, I'm like, holy shit, dude. Then the, uh, local sheriff has a run in and, uh, he <laughs> gets murked. What's this? Some annoying insects, perhaps? Ah, caught one. <laughs> Bullets. Not an insect at all. Some sort of projectile. <laughs> and I love this dunce on the ground. Ah, oh, great bullets bounce off him. All I did is attract his attention. Better get out of here. <laughs> Look what a dope. You're done for, dude. <laughs> this guy's fucking... Isn't he talking about the young bloods? Yeah, go yeah. get the young bloods. <laughs> it's like, oh my goodness, dude. All of them. <laughs> Or maybe just better send an ambulance or a hearse. It's like he's got a sense of humor, at least. And then yeah. he fucking dies. <laughs> he just, oh my god, holy mother, mother of God, pray for us sinners. Yeah, he's done, just, he's done <laughs> for, dude. <laughs> Boom, that's a great shot. I yeah. like that. Well, also, also good in the very first panel on that same page, where, like, he's up in the top, in the up left corner, and then his shadow's just down on the ground. Oh, it's good, dude. Yeah. Like I said, Frank just really yeah. fucking killing yeah. it with this. I just noticed that. That is good. Yeah. Really, really good. I do enjoy You can see, like, the. You can feel, like, that Jeep just spinning yeah. out. You know what I mean? Just doing, like, a, just whipping around. Trying to haul balls out. The Jeep looks great. Yeah, man. He should have. He just should have did a hit or something, dude. <laughs> Dope. Meanwhile. Yeah. Back at the powerhouse of the planet Ethra. Ethereum, the sulky uh, superhero. the best of them. Look at him in the dark soul. You know what's... Okay, so I misread this. Okay, so... You see how you see him in the first panel in the background of the darkness sulking? Right. I yeah. didn't really notice him there initially, so I only saw him here at the bottom of the page. So it looks like he's, like, crouched under a desk, sulking <laughs> in a cubby. <laughs> 
He's really taking it hard. Screw you guys. You wouldn't destroy it at all. <laughs> it's funny when you say that now. It does look like he's under some like fancy desk. <laughs> I think that's a really good drawing in the middle panel uh, of Amalak. Uh, just the way Frank like had the cross hatching to find the edge of his face. Yeah. Very good stuff, dude. I like I like even the top panel with the the gone character kind of like working the computer and stuff like that. Just just good stuff. Yeah, man. I think the colors are awesome. Like the the blue, like the top panel, like the blue thing crackling, mm-hmm. and then like the reds in the in the background coming from some something out in the back mm-hmm. there. There's like a lot of weird like tech and and weird shapes like circular shapes mm-hmm. behind the staff but just kind of real eye-catching and, and and neat i enjoy it yeah very well done and we're, we're kind of learning a little bit more about the roles of these different guys so you know this krell guy that's got his little staff where do they go off he's go off so half cocked with a like a really rookie yeah staff guy it like like Clearly, Ethereum has no respect for him. No. Yeah, he's a dick to him. He's like, you're not even going to be worth anything. He's like, well, without him, you bah. might not get home. And he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> bah, I need no help. This is a job for one who wields the power, not one who tends it. Let's go, little keeper. <laughs> so insulting, dude. So, yeah, we, we just, Ethereum's a dick. But he heads through the portal to uh, try and track our boy down. And I, I love the panel where, like, the guys, like, you got that Lord Amalek guy mm-hmm. in the front with the cool, like, Kirby tech thingy in front of him with the weird angles. And then you've got all, like, the shadowy yeah. guys. But you still see their costumes and stuff. It's just, that's, that's cool. Frank's very that. good at that. Like, very Miller-esque type mm-hmm. stuff. Very, uh, we see a lot of that in the TMNT. Good use of silhouette. Yeah, excellent. And it's really cool on the tech too, because it's like he's not really laboring to draw a bunch of technology. It's just like black shadows, but it just really creates like that looks like a complex piece of equipment. And again, where like colors can really change something from what it would look like in black and white, where you know, in the middle of that middle panel where it's all kind of washed out blue. Mm-hmm just gives you a sense of kind of just explosion or just super bright you know lights gotta get them lenses dog gotta get them lenses it's good stuff we got a good cover from this yep. yeah. that we didn't get with ethereal Warriors, yeah i think so this I is think, new you know this, this should this is probably new i'm not sure you know i i think it might have been something a megaton that was recolored but i'm not sure right it's a good one anyway. Um, you got E3 and just blasting on down from the powerhouse with all these little like comrades there in the side. It's cool, man. This is this is a backup that's delivering. Yeah. For sure. And that bring awesome. that brings us to the end of our adventure. Ah, oh, it was a fun one though, guys. I gotta say I loved it. The two fifty one, two fifty two Puessence was quite nice. Yeah, these are great issues. Great great backups. Fun experiments. Return of Paul Dragon. Good time to be a Dragon fan. Absolutely, dude. 
Absolutely. No better. Like, hot off the heels of 250. It's so funny. Like, 250, like, he went all out. And, like, I think, kind of like with, like, any other comic, like, they'd, like, maybe coast a little, you know? There'd be, no, nope. We got, like, just Paul, like, a Paul coming back and fighting. And then we got this experiment issue. Just, goddamn, this is a book that never slows down, dude. Every issue a 10. Amen, brother. <laughs> shall we gaze to the future? I I think we shall. Savage Dragon 253. The Vicious Circle Reborn. The notorious criminal organization known as the Vicious Circle has left Chicago and found a new home in Toronto, Ontario. And their only obstacle is Malcolm Dragon, son of the Savage Dragon. But Malcolm Dragon was already in over his head before their arrival. How can he possibly hope to survive? Comes with our highest possible recommendation. And that ought to be hidden in October. Yep. That's going to be one happy Halloween, my dudes. Spooky. (laughs) I love it, dude. Well, thank you, Jim. Thank you, Craig. As always, it's an absolute pleasure to talk Savage Dragon with you, my dudes. Yeah, man. What do we got next for some of our like retros for listeners? We, we, got, we've got, we got more, more Savage Dragon and more Freak Force coming up. That's the primary goal for the next little while. And we've got to do some Ninja Turtles. Yep, right? yep. We're, we're going to be doing heavy on that. Uh, hopefully very soon we'll be wrapping up the Ninja Turtles uh, Urban Legends run, the Urban final Legends. three issues. We're going to cover those in a single episode, probably within the month, maybe next month. We'll get there soon. Yep. Again, uh, just another thing, of like, what a time to be a Dragon fan. We're getting closure on a series that's been long tied with Savage Dragon. Yep. Written by Carlson and drawn by Fosco. Savage Dragon kind of... Uh, Collaborators. Yeah, like just uh, classic, you know. So we, it's a long time coming. So it's going to be fun to finally get some closure on that and do a, a podcast on that. I can't wait. Yeah, man, you put your you put your finger right on it. What a time, man! This is a great time to be a Savage Dragon fan. Holy shit! So uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Of course, you can always send us an email to savagefincast at gmail dot com. Find us at SavageFinCast.com. Uh, and not our YouTube channel. Just search for Savage Fincast on YouTube. Thanks for thanks listening. Thanks, everybody. Yep, yeah, thanks. Thank you. Catch you next time.